Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 300. I'm your host, oh dear god, how is anyone still listening to us? Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always. Special support section, junior detective David, David McBurney, family master. Woohoo! Konnichiwa, uh, Mike Tomoshimasu. <laughs> nice. And special guest. <laughs> okay, uh, I wasn't sure if he was done there. Um... Just uh, keeping up with New Year's. <laughs> Just keeping up with New Year's resolutions. It's Platinum Three. New Year's here? resolution appear on appear on Q and A Quest at least. <laughs> Your New Year's resolution was to subject yourself to us. Oh, I subject myself to you guys for like an hour and thirty minutes uh, every week. That's true. <laughs> Whether the episode is finished by then or not. <laughs> oh no, no, I put it. I got you guys on like fast forward. Good choice, good choice. Oh, wow. Yep. If it sounds best at 1.4. Well, harsh, but fair. <laughs> uh, man, 300 episodes. I've become complacent and have no desire to celebrate this in any fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how long has it taken us to get this far? Uh, six or seven years. I'm going to celebrate like we always celebrate, with more saga. <laughs> but not three. Never three, unless it's the DS version. One day we'll get the DS version. You guys really cranked it up recently here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're consistently uh, recording something every week, which yes. for a long time is not the case. <laughs> uh, wheels, Wheels. Yes. I'd like to point out that Saga 3 for the DS has finally reached a recent a second-hand price that is equal or higher than its original price point. Wow. <laughs> like, Saga 3 speculators the world over rejoice. Yeah, I mean, Saga 2 is somehow up to 2,500 yen again. That's like huh. twice what it was like four years ago, I think. I, I just check from time to time just to feel happy. That I'm going to invest in some Saga DS features. I, I was going to say, how long till you know, it outpaces inflation? Uh, it's, it's my hedge against inflation. I mean, um, it's... I mean, right now, I mean, if you sold, you'd be losing money on it, because, you know... Listen, this is an asset. Uh, you hold the asset. Yeah. I'm just thinking, um, like, I'm pretty sure I paid slightly less than its current price when I got it new. Because I had a point card. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it is being appreciated on the secondhand market quite well. Hopefully, and something, uh, some sort of possible re-release comes and crashes its value down again. That'd be nice. No, the re-release will only push it up. Possibly. I can't remember what yeah. I paid for my import. I don't think it was that much back in the day. Five hundred or five thousand something yen currently. Five thousand two hundred something, I think. I definitely did not pay that much when I imported it. <laughs> yep. I paid nearly $50 on that import. Yeah, all sorts of odd things will drive the price up if it's got a nostalgia factor. Like, um, Metal Max 2 Reloaded doubled in price in like six months because of Metal Max Xeno. People realizing they're still making these. Oh, and the new ones are bad. No, it was, <laughs> was just that... Say, was that because just, of how bad it was? It was just one of the characters in Metal Max Xeno was named after a one of the background characters in Metal Max 2. 
mm. and implied to supposedly be the same person, even though that's not actually canonically possible. Um, so uh, it just reminded everybody that, or the tie-in reminded everybody that, hey, this much better game still exists. Should be playing that instead of this garbage. Which now goes for two to three times more than the Switch version of Xeno. <laughs> On second uh, Pour one out for Metal Max Xeno Reborn 2. Yes, or Metal Max Wild West. As it was yeah. once known. Yes. On the other hand, the fact that they are not only continuing to sell metal dogs on various things that are actually still putting out new editions and like English. Yes. I'm playing it in English now, yes. I'm on the third of the I'm on the third of the new of the new bonus levels. Nice. Eventually I will reach the new boss. Um, um boss encounter. Hmm. Sounds like it's it remains metal dogs, which is to say, eh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like it is a game designed around the concept of cute puppy dogs running around with machine guns blowing up stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it, does that. it does that quite admirably. It does not try to do anything else with it. Not a quick story. <laughs> well, is there a theme behind the naming choices you've made here? Uh, the theme was I was spending too long thinking of names, so I just threw whatever came to my brain out. <laughs> so you and your brain came up with Rawl? Yeah, I don't know. And and then the mutant female oh, was yeah. Jean for obviously Jean Grey, and then I was struggling to come up with a male X Men that was four letters or less, so I just threw an X. There you go. Because I saw Roll and X and was like, did you Mega Man for some reason? But no. Apparently, apparently you're broken in different ways. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, in any case, Gaijin, you were saying. <laughs> uh, oh. You were saying. Oh, what was I saying again? Um, uh, I was just finishing out discussion of Metal Dogs, I think. Oh, no, that was it. It was just, it. Mm -hmm. it's cute, it does what it wants to do, and it does not try anything more, and so do not expect a lot of story, but have fun. Been playing much else? Um, a random thing I saw on YouTube got me to pick up an old copy of Super Princess Peach just to try it out. Oh yeah, that sure is a game. Yes, it is. I'll probably be selling that one back soon enough, but it's cute while it lasts. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I remember that game. Mm-hmm. I think I bought this for my ex one time. Try to get her got, playing something. I've got questions. Which game? Super Princess Peach. Oh. Oh yeah, that that's a thing that exists. <laughs> that that did happen. It was developed by Tosei, and it uh, posited that wild emotion was Peach's greatest strength, which is not really something I associate with her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this does look familiar, and the time period would be uh, around there. I mean, if your choices for like the the uh, like developed by random people who were not at Nintendo uh, <laughs> platformers 
based on Nintendo properties for the DS. Like, I mean, your choices for like that and Yoshi's Island DS is probably the better choice among those. There's exponent exposing a friend to the kangaroo sprite from Yoshi's Island DS a few days ago just because I, I proclaimed that it was the worst sprite that has ever appeared in a Nintendo game. Wow. <laughs> and I stand by that. It's hideous. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, in fact, uh, normally I would say you should go look it up, but you shouldn't actually. It's, it's a truly just awful-looking creature. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Did you look it up, you fool? It, it, it's a bowl of slime with a head. He told you not to. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 truly awful looking. <laughs> I don't want to click on the full sheet view. <laughs> you okay. can see every frame of its like nightmarish choices. I, I think the like three little frames I can see on the Google image preview is just plenty enough. see people complaining about it five days ago on Twitter. <laughs> that. So I think maybe the most memorable thing about uh, about Yoshi's Island DS, other than it canonizing the existence and appearance of Baby Wario and Baby Donkey Kong. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what more beloved characters have you ever seen than Baby Wario and Baby Donkey Kong? Baby Waruigi? I don't know what... We've never yeah, actually seen Baby Waluigi. We've been spared formed. Yeah, like uh, just straight out of Zeus's brain. Cloudy, <laughs> what have you been playing? What can I what can I berate you for having failed to play? What can I do for you? <laughs> oh, well, you know, that that's got a two in it. I've been playing a lot of games with two in it. Um, I finish up Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, How was that? I've heard good ago. things. Well, I wrote a review oh, on the site. A fancy lab a, here. I did. I gave it a 5 mm. out of 5. Oh, god damn. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I will say the first 10, 15 hours were you're slogging through a lot of these chapter ones and just introducing mm -hmm. the story to a lot of people. And then I think somewhere in the middle of chapter twos, um, I think I had the game for like almost a week and a half. And yeah, Alex asked, he's like, hey, are you going to do a preview or something? You know, you don't have to. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, keep working on it for the review if you want. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. I said, but, you know, I said, there's really nothing to write for a preview. It's, it's, it's the same game. It's, you know, whatever. And then somewhere around that 10 to 15 hour mark, things started going like, oh, damn. And the hooks were in. The, yep. I, I think I raced from like 15 hours. About 65 hours in about a week and a half, maybe. Wow. And it, we can hear from Gaijin's house is what my house sounds like all the time. So <laughs> that was a. <laughs> some people might be like, oh, yeah, 50 hours in a couple weeks and like, no big deal. For me, that was like Speed Racer. So I really, really enjoyed it. Awesome. And I, I'd reviewed the first one. I gave it a 4.5. And there were a couple things that were like unpolished and. You could see they were feeling their way with that game. That was, you know, brand new graphics engine, and what they had two different demos for that. Yeah, first game. because there was like the prototype demo, and like there was mm. a later demo. I mean, they were getting a lot of information. They were still testing it out, and this one I would say had a lot better character interaction. 
I didn't really mm. mind the lack of that in the first one. In this one, they put in some small chapters that put in more in between. I felt the, uh, gosh, what was it? They, they have the little vignettes that pop up all the time. Yeah, I forget what those like, are called. I remember them advertising them. Yeah. And so this time they actually have set, um, they're called Cross Path. That's what it is. There's eight of them. And I will say, like, the first couple were pretty short. I was like, wow, you advertise this, and that was maybe five, seven minutes tops. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, total between all eight, I wouldn't say is more than three hours, but they did get a little bit more in depth. They had a lot of good talk between them. Then they have, they've got normal party chat that happens a little more, too. And um, I didn't want to get too political or anything, but I was like, oh, man, I could have titled my review Mounds Matter. Because I think half the complaints is if they just said we a few more times than i <laughs> mm, yeah yeah it, because you're at a, you're, you're like at a final boss and you're there with your freaking max like out you're not party. getting to the final boss without a second character exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> the final boss chapter four chapter five because some of these go into five chapters this time and it's like you, you're not gonna stop me alone and the guy's like yes i will I'm like no i'm not i've got like Four or three other people here. There's like, eight people time. here. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can flip between a bunch of people. Like, no, I'm doing this. But uh, there, there was a definitely a more signposted final chapter that was good. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, complete X amount of side quests that you might never know about unless you went on the internet and researched which ones to get to. There was no like, to some mad... people, not to me, but to someone. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And um, I know one reason I didn't do it in the first game. I was like, you know what? I saw credits. I saw the ends. It was beautiful. I'm going to leave it right there. Um, don't have to hear Hannah there's a boss talk ever again. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, see, the voice acting in this one was much better. You had Cowboy <laughs> Dude, um, Particio or whatever, but it was, like, very mild. It was, like, somebody that came from Texas has been living in New York for 10 years. Like, <laughs> got it. A flavor, a hint of Texas. Exactly. It wasn't, you know, we went to Backwoods, Alabama and uh, pulled this guy out of the swamp to read these lines. <laughs> um, even the young girl that was a beast hunter this time or the um, the hunter class was even pretty good. good. He was young and optimistic, but whatever. How many that could be good. Need at least a little of. bit of that. Yep. And my God, the stories were, you know, you had the dancer that, you know, it was just, I'm going to, I want to dance for the world. Like, Mom, I'm going to dance for the world and be happy. And that was a good storyline. And then there's the thief that's like, deep shit's going on, man. Deep shit. <laughs> go kill this person, got to go kill that person. And that's one of my pet peeves in games is like, oh, we're going to go kill somebody. And you have a big epic battle, and they're like, oh, you know, I wasn't using my full power. Nice try. I'll see you again later. Peace out. I'm <laughs> not dead. Yeah, like every single Trails boss. Um, <laughs> Death is well, rare in Trails. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. I have all okay. that going. So I, I, I just switched rooms to uh, help them sleep over there. So I apologize for any noise from the drying machine next. Should be fine. It's, it's very mild white noise. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, suffice to say, Octopath Traveler went places. It was, uh, I thought it was great. I. Um, really thought I wrote a glowing review, and I was happy when uh, our editors were like, "Yeah, you know, you you wrote that well enough that you have justified your five out of five. Correct. 
Yeah, it, I mean, we're allowed to pick what we want at RP Gamer. Um, you know, we just got to justify it's it. It's a and... very good review, and I'm ashamed to say I read it and didn't actually look and see who wrote it. <laughs> 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 so I didn't realize it was yours. <laughs> All right. All right. You kind of sold me on it just talking about it. So. Yeah, I, I started up, I started with the dancer story, and I've been extremely impressed so far with and the little I've played. That, that's... That's the most like Trails in the Sky storyline right there. Like just, oh, young girl dancer, you know. I want to be like my, all... my dad and just whatever. And then yeah, there's some of the other stories are like, holy crap, man! You start with uh, Oswald, which and they they did some different things here. They uh, it wasn't just chapter one. You know, everybody starts chapter two. Let's see, with, with all the chapter twos in the second game, where like everybody was supposed to be level fifteen. There was more of a some signposting going on. It was like, hey, this guy's chapter two over here is like a level six chapter two. And yeah, like maybe two, start on this 20. chapter two so you'll be set up for the other chapter twos, that sort of thing. Yes, because in the first game, you had to grind. Like, if you went through all the chapter ones... Because they were all kind of designed to be... Uh, you can do these in any order, so they all need to be right. roughly the same difficulty. Yep. So they, they played around with that. There were some people that had two chapter twos. There was somebody who had, I think three chapter twos or three chapter fours oh, so um but it split and then like you had like three chapter twos but then like chapter three was the end for somebody that just went one two three four five one time i got to somebody's fifth chapter i'm like whoa wait a minute what happened yeah that you, the, that the been chapter been four, structure right? is less rigid so it can contour to the needs of that character's story yeah so i mean they they didn't put out a tech demo this time they didn't I mean, even the Bravely people, when they did Bravely Default 2, had that demo that they were getting uh, information from, and that was their third game. Octopath, They're, I the, think. Uh, they learned their lesson after the first. The, the HD2D teams have been growing steadily in terms of uh, confidence, which has been nice to see. Uh, I, and one of the things I, I thought it was funny because I went over to uh, another website to see what they reviewed the game actually just today and I saw that their lowest rating was on story I'm like really because I thought <laughs> I mean not every story was amazing but there there were some that were like holy crap man that's pretty damn awesome and the way mm -hmm. things turn together and I like I even I mentioned in my review like down to the little things like what the NPCs say there was just a couple of them that blew my mind. I know, uh, you know on our Discord server, somebody brought one up, and within 10 seconds, I posted the exact one. I was like, yep, that's one of the two I screenshot, and that one was great. Just, I mean, it was memorable enough for somebody else to bring it up. Some guy that lived in a random thief town, and it was like, this guy, um, unbeknownst to him, was born with a rare gene that allows him to, you know, uh, survive poisons. And all the different thief skills and whatever have been slowly trying to poison this guy for years. And there's a huge betting pool going on behind his back. <laughs> who will, who will be the winner of this Deadpool? Yep. <laughs> Remember that screenshot. <laughs> uh, there's another one later on. There's just a kid in a random town. And I'm like, I don't know if this comes back. I, I, I didn't do all the side quests because um, there's a ton of them. And... But some kids got, you walk up and there's three kids standing off to the side in the town. They have nothing to do really with the story. But you can, uh, there's a few different path actions you can do to get their life story out of them. And mm -hmm. two kids are like, oh man, we're getting scared listening to this kid. And I'm like, well, so I talked to the third kid. And his, uh, 
it's like written in capitals and lowercase parts of his story and it's like you know he's a very scared kid um who's afraid of everything at night so he keeps a cursed stuffed toy with him and the the cursed stuffed toy is like an ancient demon that feeds on his soul but he's okay with that because if it feeds on his soul that takes away his fears so they have an easy truce between them like holy crap man (laughs) what to unpack there yep and you couldn't steal i was like i'm gonna steal this toy away from him but it wouldn't let me steal it away or buy it away or anything <laughs> like oh man there's I, a pack I there <laughs> yep but uh, i mean just and those are two of like hundreds i i gladly spent money when i didn't have because there's three different path actions i think that you can get the life story one person can just uh go up and ask them and if you're high enough level you just get their little npc dialogue out of it Mm-hmm. Um, another one, the Kanemos or whatever his name is, the priest, he can coerce it out of them. You have to battle them and you don't <laughs> have to defeat them. All you got to do is break their shield, which is, uh, mm-hmm. easier said than done because he's a priest. He can only use staves and, um, have some magic spells. So it could take quite a while. One at a time, break down people's shields. Later, when you can subclass him into something that has lots of weapons, it's fine. But then the thief can just uh, pay for the information. Mm-hmm. One of somebody can pay for the info, bro, bribe him. And it there's zero reasoning behind the bribe prices. Some guy over here is like fifty gold and has a hilarious story. Somebody over here is like he's just working at the shop because he's saving money to go to college, and it's like ten thousand gold to get that story out of him. Well, yeah, because I, that I, way that he can that way work less in the shop. <laughs> yep. So I, I I gladly paid the money when I was going around. I'm like, I just want to read all these little stories. They're so cool. That's so, high I mean, praise. I, think, I mean, from the little NPC stories to the chapter stories to the overarching story of every character to the overarching story of the whole game, I, I just thought like every level it hit story wise and you know the battle systems awesome it's the same as the last game plus a little uh like super attack you got to charge it builds up so every now and then you can do uh you know, to use the uh, trails reference like an s craft or something mm-hmm. and i mean they just made that one little tweak and that was good and we have a few comments in discord we should catch up on no uh tam mm-hmm. at first of all asks is this sparta i guess it's referring to 300 300. Yes. Also, this is not Discord. This is the... Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, Twitch. Yeah. Brain no worky. Uh, Last Sam Hazem says, yeah, I have a friend that took issue with the lack of deaths and trails. It's fair. You just sort of have to accept it as part of the canon, whether that's yeah. something you can live with or not. Uh, Fireminer. Hey, Fireminer says, I have just recently brought up trails bosses on the show, too. They always hold back. Uh, Tam again. Yep. Hey, Tam. This means he was not looking at the staff channels on Discord either. It's called glancing. I don't always read. <laughs> Wheels <laughs> looks at letters and sometimes they cohere into words. Yes, exactly. So, uh, one other game I've been playing recently, and I actually just finished it about uh, 18 hours ago. I finally finished after two and a half years and a p- podcast on it last week. Monster Hunter Stories 2. Yay! Congratulations! Yay. <laughs> I, w- I was most of the way when we recorded last week, and then uh, 
I was like, oh yeah, I be- I was getting ready to finish it when I got the code for Octopath Traveler 2 and put all my time into that. Suddenly, all nice. of your time went to something else. <laughs> yep, so finally getting that, posting that, I was like, okay, it's spring break, I got time, and I powered through the last 10 hours, and if you want to hear more about that, you can go back to our backtrack. I think the only thing I would add to it is ugh, I got really frustrated at how long random encounters take towards the end of this game. Hmm. You know, a lot of the monsters yeah. have really big HP pools. You know, battles can take a long time in that, so... Yep. I mean, they're still fun. I like, I like the break mechanics there and everything, and I, I only lost to the final boss once because I was like, yeah, you know, I might be underleveled because I've been skipping a lot of battles for the past five hours. Kind of going <laughs> boss to boss to boss. But I was beating everybody, so whatever. Then I got into, uh, my son was watching me play this morning and I lost on round 44 because I took a gamble. I was like, oh man, I got one heart left, but he's not going to attack me. He's attacking this guy over here. And I kind of forgot that I'd gotten to the part in the boss battle where he gets two attacks per round. It doesn't telegraph the second one. So, 44 uh, phases and 44 turns into that battle I lost and was like, Grr. Oh, I was number. Like, yeah, I was like, no, no, I'm just going to do it. I can do this. Of course, the second time I go through and didn't even lose a heart or anything, it was straight through 57 rounds or something like that. My God. <laughs> That's a terrifying number. It is. You know... I'm sure other games are like that too, but when you see that number growing over to the left and yeah, putting the putting the number next to it can make a fight feel like a slug. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, a lot of rounds you're just wasted on healing and dodging and whatever. Sometimes you know they they go fast. Not every round is a two minute. What am I going to do? Strategy session. Some are ten fifteen seconds and boom. But oh, and I think Wheels, you and I were talking about this week or two ago i have started consuming my very first piece of one piece ever um i started up one piece pirate warriors three nice mm-hmm. long time wheels favorite yes <laughs> it, it was all five dollars i think for the deluxe i might have splurged and gone seven i don't not 100 <laughs> percent. seven sure. entire dollars seven entire dollars so uh yeah, it, it was it was you know broke the piggy bank a little bit, my youngest kid's piggy bank, and uh, I, I have never read, seen anything about One Piece, and went straight into this, and immediately was like, oh my god, what's this body horror shit? And uh, <laughs> I like the guy with the three blades. That's fun. Uh, Zoro. Yes. Yeah, sure. Zoro. <laughs> Only like five hours into it. I don't have these names down yet. <laughs> And plot-wise, uh, it's just like somebody else described it to me as like, yeah, every time you do a battle, that's like three volumes of the manga. It's uh, it's mind-boggling how long the battles in the manga end up being. It's just like, what the? And I was like, eh. I'm like, you know what? I just like killing mm-hmm. things. It's fun. Yeah, and that's, a... I think that's a really nice, concise way to experience One Piece. Yeah. Or I guess if you're a fan, that's probably fun. Yeah. I've been enjoying the because uh, there's two modes. There's a story mode you go through, but then there's a pretty much unlock everybody and just island hop through a whole maze of islands, and you could just keep going 
not forever because there are set numbers or whatever but i've been doing that and i realized uh the girl i was playing as someone's like you do realize like that's one of the antagonists or something like that i was like eh, whatever she's fun she's who got who cares <laughs> yep who cares she unlocked in the very first level of this thing also the story missions are all like 45 minutes long at least it's taken me 30 to 45 minutes and all these little ones on the islands are like 10 to 12 so just that getting the dopamine hit every 10 to 12 minutes you know killing 2,000 people every battle anyway but yeah. uh, the dopamine I mean, hit of senseless murder <laughs> yeah that is and the I'm Muso like, experience yeah like where did I get all these guys on my side like why do I have 2,000 guys fighting for me because there's quite a few blue people on the screen right now and I don't remember recruiting and all speaking these of things where basically no one ever does <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even in situations uh, where it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> copy and paste, boys. I don't think anybody's died yet. So, it's not a manga known for its many deaths. So that that has been my uh, two, two, and three. I haven't played anything new. But, uh, mm -hmm. Octopath, Monster Hunter. And Pirate Warrior, just all these sequels that uh, some I played the first, some I just jumped in at three. That's fine. That's fine. There's not an ongoing plot in the movie, so it's impossible. No. no. <sighs> Wheels, how about you? Uh, I have to talk to you about Destiny for a minute, so just bear with me. Okay, I'm going to fall asleep. For the next <laughs> okay. Uh, so the new raid came out late last week. And, Raid. Yes. And uh, so they always do a world's first contest for this. It's a thing. It's an, I think it's generally an MMO thing. Yeah. Anytime I hear about someone competing for world first in an MMO, all I can think is, oh, you're the kind of person I would never want to play this. <laughs> yeah. Beals, uh, are you first in the world? God, no. Oh, damn it. Like I said, if Wheels was that kind of person, our friendship would not have lasted. Yeah. Uh, but there was a whole to-do about it because the, the the world's first took about two and a half hours, which is uh, ridiculously short. Cheating. Not that I know of, no. But the whole to-do was, oh, this, this whole, this raid was too easy, or the world's first thing was too easy, and... Um, so I went in and experienced not the whole raid. I just found a group doing the last boss and it was hard as shit. And just, you know, looking at this and having watched a lot of the raid and it is, well, it is certainly an easier raid compared to other things. Uh, or a lot of the other destiny raids, I feel like it's, so it's like a much more combat-focused raid. It's very light on other mechanics, and I just feel like the des the people that play and stream Destiny for a living, if you give them a combat challenge, they're going to figure it out relatively quickly. Like it's oh, the puzzles, dude. it's the puzzles that usually make these make these you know first day raid experiences much longer. So with this raid, which is you know, there can be an argument about whether this sort of easier combat-focused raid 
should be a thing in the game. I think it should. I think all the other existing raids are a bit... They need to, to vary things up a little bit, and I think this one's perfect to fit in with the other ones. But anyway, um, the answer is no, it's not too easy. It's just that the this sort of raid is always going to be very easy for people that play the game for a freaking living because they know combat. They know how to ex maximize DPS in combat. So if you're giving them a challenge that is mostly just how do I kill this thing as quickly as possible, they're going to kill it. And they did. Two and a half hours, I think the next few were a little longer than that. And there were generally way the f more clears than you'd normally get for like the first weekend of a new raid. But uh, the overall experience I got from people from actually having done the raid several times since that weekend is that people really like it. So... I feel like there's starting to be a, there's somewhat of a disconnect from the people at the highest level, which is a relatively small number of people, to everyone else that does not play the game as a living. If that makes any sense. This was more like a world's top 50. The top one. Yes. But anyway. Lots of people could do good on it, but that was better. Because not everybody's top one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, the Destiny community, like any internet community these days, can be very complaining. And I just playing with random people, we were all having a grand old time. And like. Oh, that was I, the problem. I, you shouldn't be having a good Yes, time. apparently. You should be stressing and trying to be number one in the world. Yeah. I, I don't know. How dare you. How dare you. <sighs> but anyway, new raid is fun. Lighter on mechanics, so it's an easier one to jump into. Although you still need to be decent at the game. But anyway, that's enough Destiny. Uh, I have you also... What's that? I heard you've been playing some Dragon Quest. Yes, I have been playing some Dragon Quest, so I'm still trying attempting my goal to finish Dragon Quest eleven before uh Tears of the Kingdom comes out. So I've been I had gotten kind of stuck for a bit. Not stuck in a literal sense, stuck in a I'm bored sense. When I got to the section where you are Silvando. Uh not because there's anything wrong with that section, just because it's like this is a fun story. The comment is boring, and I kind of want to move on back to the main story. So I kind of lost interest for a bit. But I pushed through that. It turns out I was near the end of it anyway, and got to the next section of what seems to be a number of sections. Playing through as, oh god, a character died. This is not good. Rip. Have you been breathing underwater yet? No. There's only like two sections where you're just on Uh Okay. So I just did Jade's section. Now I'm on Eric's section. I don't know what comes next. Uh, I thought there were fewer than that, but I seem to recall that Sylvanas is like the longest. Let's see, I've never played these. I never went that yeah. far in the uh, Switch version. 
Yeah. Uh, You'll know you're back when you're in the water. Like that's when you're back into the uh, game as originally presented. Yes. When you're uh, sucking oxygen out of uh, some H two O. So what else have you been playing? Uh, I have started up some uh, Octopath Traveler too. Oh, nerd. Yeah, I started the we started with the dancer, which, as Plotty said, is pretty lighthearted until you learn. Oh, yeah, this girl is following in the footsteps of her tragically dead mother. Oof. Did they ever okay. say how her mom died, or was it just she got ill or something along those lines? Yeah, yeah, it, that wasn't important. It's, it's like a <laughs> Disney movie, you know what? Mom's dead. It happens for for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty. They got through the intro section of that, and then then it was like, oh, and this was just playing the demo version uh, before transferring it over to the full version it was just like oh yes you finished this there's basically nothing you can do now so i've transferred my save over and we'll be playing some more of that because it's fun i will say one of the changes they made in octopath the first game when you went to the like you started off you did your person uh when you went to start the next person's chapter one you had now a party of two people and if you you know, went to the third person, you had a party of three people. Um, this one, everybody's chapter one is played alone. And I thought that was pretty cool. Just gave them gave them a time where they were actually alone. Like, play everybody's chapter one. It even tells you. It's like, uh, you'll be unable to access your party. Um, until you finish the chapter or whatever. Until you finish the next person's chapter one, yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. And Oswald... The beast of a man, basically the Hagrid of the game. It tells you right at the beginning, it's like, you'll be unable to access anybody until he does two chapters. And I was very scared of that one. I was like, oh crap, oh man. I think I put him off to last, and his two chapters lasted like under an hour total. (laughs) (laughs) He's one that ended up with like a chapter five, because his first two go together so well. I was like, really? You called that two chapters? But whatever. Naming conventions aside, it was... You're still damn good. Hmm. So, sounds like you've had a full plate. Yes. Too much. I have two games to finish before Tears of the Kingdom comes out, so it's going to be a rush. And obviously there's constantly new things coming out trying to distract me. You're very good at being distracted. I am. Ooh. Piece of candy. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I feel like there's something else I've been playing too. Oh, that's not an RPG though. What was that? Just so I know. Uh, you watched me play it the other day. Clive oh and yeah, Wrench. the RE4 And okay, yes, that and Clive and Wrench. Oh yeah, Clive and Wrench. That was cute. Yes, and we spent half the stream looking at the weird jokes. We also was obsessively looking at every logo in the game. Yes. (laughs) One of the levels is basically you're shrunk down in a living room, and they inserted all of all these fake video game names and like fake movie names, and it was extremely entertaining. 
Uh, what were some examples? Uh, I'm terrible with memory, so I don't know. <laughs> I have to go back and look at it. It'll be on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it is on YouTube, actually. Yeah. Uh, for just to get this quick before I get into the stupid shit that I've been playing. Uh, how many RPGs start as someone with both parents alive and happily together? If you have a kid in an RPG, you are more likely to die than to divorce. Uh, let's see. I've played some, but a lot of them have never left Japan. Uh, depending upon how you define happily together, there's Earthbound. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um... See, Alex's parents in Lunar are both still alive and happily uh, together. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely the exception, not the rule. I'll give you that. Um, RPGs uh, are the Disney games, the Disney movies of the uh, RPG world. The irony is, I was just thinking about Kingdom Hearts, and as far as father is ever acknowledged, uh, his mother gets one line in the first game, but I don't think his father is ever acknowledged, so it doesn't get to count. Um, let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm just thinking about this very hard now. Uh. It's it's yeah it's it's rare we'll, we'll go with it's rare. <laughs> um, um, let's see the protagonists in the Metabots games generally have both parents alive. So uh, at least in one of them, the dad's missing for most of the game. Hmm. I thought that uh, this is a spoiler, but uh, one one of these the one of these characters is dead, but it was addressed in a much more direct fashion than I'm sort of used to with uh, Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky when you get to the second chapter and it kind of goes into like, oh yeah, let's talk a bit about who Estelle's mom was. <laughs> so, that was, uh... Yeah. Uh, it, it, felt a, it felt a bit more uh, so than a lot of them where it's just like, yep, one of your parents is gone, or both of your parents are gone, and we won't go too much into who they were. <laughs> That's not as important as friendship. Your parents don't save the world. You and your friends do. The real parents, your parents are the are friends, friends we made okay. along okay. the way. <laughs> No, that's exactly. super not how that is. Unless Shadow Hearts <laughs> 2 for some reason. God, anyone ever finished Shadow Hearts 2? That game is a weird ending. Ah, no, I really loved that game. I loved the systems on it, and I don't even know where that game went to. I had it. I played it. It was really good, but... It would be nice if uh, that could get re-released. Uh, I don't think that's ever... Like, I think that there was, like, a... I think it might have been a PS2 classic at some point on, like, PS3, and it's never been spoken of again. Uh, I mean, considering some of the things that we have seen come back in the past three years... We're getting no a telling. spiritual successor, right? Yeah, it's getting a successor. It's just, yeah, Good old penny blood. But I was going to say, as far as parents <laughs> being the friends you made along the way, spoilers for a 20-year-old game. 
the female lead of Shadow Hearts Covenant gets uh, sent back in time and becomes the protagonist's mother. Huh. Uh, That's the thing. It's, it's very strange. Bobby? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, speaking of what I've personally been playing, uh, I, as I hinted out, I'm still hacking away at Trails from Zero. I got a kick into gear now that I have Trails to Azure sitting right next to it, so I have all of Trail Legend of Heroes 7 in hand at this exact moment. Uh, Beautiful pair to... of games. It's, uh, it's exciting whenever you get like the, the full set, just all to hand. You can just blitz through all of them. Uh, I look forward to trying to force myself to play through all those later this year. Yeah. Never. I look can forward I, I to that when right I now, find a leprechaun spot of gold. Sorry, you were saying that? You're not going to win much. That's the, the odds are not in my favor. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to. Can I bet on uh, Wheels not doing that? Yeah, like I said, I. Uh, Maybe like it's I, tempting, I, but. Uh... I'm, I'm not. I'm not being. I'm not being facetious when I say I look forward to finding a leprechaun spot of gold. But... Yep. No, yep, yep. so we we had the same thought at the same time. Though. Pretty much. Uh... So, how are you liking zero? Uh, it's to, one. Uh, the other okay. ones, the sky. I feel like, uh, from from what I've played of Cold Steel and from what I've played of Zero and what I have, uh, and having finished first chapter, the the first chapter, the first part of these is always the hardest to really get through because it's so much place setting. Uh, and I like what I've I've done of it, but it does definitely like you're going through chapters and it's like. I know that this is building up to big payoffs, but right now it's mostly just uh, like sort of putting it in place so that things will matter when they really start happening. But I like the cast. Uh, I like Crossbell as a setting. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think it speaks to a pleasing confidence to really ground the game in one place and just sort of stay there. Uh, as you sort of watch the plot start to sort of simmer in the background, but uh, you know, I I have not yet finished Cold Steel Three. I'm halfway mm -hmm. through that, my next thing to finish up for Backtrack, and I haven't played four yet. Obviously, I played all the rest, and I mm -hmm. will say it's a very close thing with a uh, Sky Three. I thought Trail Zero is my favorite so far. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. bit. I've only got through like chapter two of. The first cold steel. Hmm. But I know I exactly what you said. I love having it grounded in one area. I'm not zooming town to town, town to town. Like you get to know the people in the city. You get to know the guy who's selling you the shoes every time in the upstairs. Yeah, it, it sort of plays to that strength that mm -hmm. uh, Sky had, where there was all this incidental dialogue you could find if you chose to go back, but there wasn't a lot of it was impractical to do so, and uh, Trails from Zero really foregrounds it. 
Eventually, uh, I'm gonna have to play these games. I was talking yes. about, uh, <laughs> this week about uh, Zero or Azure, which one's our favorite, and uh, she's more biased towards Azure. And I was like, you know what? I, I liked Zero better. I like that the cast of four people. Maybe it's because I just know that every other game is just gonna blow up with a million people in it. <laughs> How do you feel about the uh, 48 characters in the final party of oh, uh, God. Trails and Trails to Reverie? 48? Yeah, yeah. It's all know. of the cast. It's basically the entire cast of Trails in the Sky, Trails uh, from Zero slash to Azure, and basically everyone from uh, Trails of Cold Steel, plus a couple bonuses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know they give you an option a little bit in Zero at some points, like, to add a person or whatever in, and, like, if, if I wasn't forced to, I was like, no, I want to get to know the SSS here. I want, I want, I want to know these four people. A special and, support squad. Yep, it, it paid off. It, it, I really enjoyed that group. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of fun uh, to just have... Uh, Estelle and Joshua running around in the background, but successfully not taking over the story. Correct. Yeah, that's who I was alluding to. I didn't want to. Oh, too spoiler, yeah. but, you, you know, you've run whatever. into them very early. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there. You can. You, they're around, but and that's fun. Like, okay, so this is what links it to the game. But this isn't their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just checking how many people are actually in uh, Trails <laughs> into Reverie, and I'm seeing 16, 32, uh, 47, 48, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 52, 52, 52, 52. Oh, There are 56 playable characters in Trails into Reverie. Oh, you know, Yikes. do we have to break up into like seven parties of eight with backup teams? And... <laughs> It's, it's, it's the, 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 this is the natural consequence of having uh, a bunch of games with huge casts where no one ever dies or retires. Yep. yep. They're all still there, kicking around somewhere. Uh, By the way, Patty, I don't know if you saw the, the Twitch or someone mentioned it, but no, there's four act there's four different, uh, Actions in the Octopath games. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, well, there's half actions. You know, there's a, a sixteen. So they, they, yeah, they they all they, they all they all break down into those four categories. Yeah, yeah. It's a, well, you you had originally said there's only three, but no, there's like four, like two, like four people because they gave everyone two, and so there's. Oh, no, no, you misunderstood what I was saying, Pam. There's only three oh. ways to get that NPC story from people. Oh. Like the, what is it, the investigate. Basically, there's three ways to investigate. No, because there, because each character has four, so or each character has two, so there's all four people who have the investigate skill now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Suffice uh... to say, there's many. But yeah, uh, I was just trying to remember which one has which. But yeah, so I've been playing a bit more. Uh, I've been playing Trails from Zero, and I'll probably be more fully committed now that uh, I've got Trails to Azure because I mean I that really was what caused to me to. David up. Okay. I can't, I'm 
but in any case, uh, yeah, like it, it, the, the impetus for me, like storming through trails in the sky to the degree that I did was, well, they're all here. I can just jump through them. And I suspect that this will likely be the case for Legend of Heroes 7 as much as it was for 6. Um, so are you going to go straight through the Cold Seals next? Uh, I'll need to actually have them. Uh, I hope so, but like I'm going to have to actually have them to hand. The issue is that I have Vita copies of 1 and 2, and they're not with me. So I'll have to lay hands upon them, presumably on Steam or something. But, uh, I'll get a hold of those by hook or by crook, and then uh, then we'll then we'll see where that goes. But uh, for for now, I'm just worried about uh, I'll worry about seven before I get to eight. Eight in all of its uh, elongated glory. Uh, Sounds like a nice course of action. I mean, like I, I, I'm given to understand that <laughs> that no one seemed quite aware of how long Cold Steel was going to be when they started making it. Very much. Shotgun say we're at the halfway point now. <laughs> and that, is that... We're always at the halfway point of something. The <laughs> <laughs> the Coronos Kiseki, however many that's going to be, is that the halfway? Yeah. Point? Two Corona Kiseki two definitely uh, from everything I've heard seems like it was a it's it's not fit to be an ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, so working on that, and in the meantime, I mentioned the sun shenanigans. I've been playing the PS one version of Final Fantasy one. Okay, uh, because. I didn't want something quite as slow as the NES version. <laughs> and I didn't like the 16 by 9 aspect ratio of the Pixel remasters. I don't think that the way... I think that combat just looks bad in them. because Not because the art is bad, but because it's, it's like the entire like way that combat is presented was built around like the 4x3 screen. And it looks super weird, whether it's bunching everyone up at opposite ends of a widescreen display or slamming them into the middle and having a bunch of weird negative space on the edges. I just, uh, I don't think it presentationally looks good. So I was like, well, what's a version that still has spell charges and teeth that uh, meets my strange and exacting demands? And that was the PS1 version. So uh, I've killed Lich, so I'm fairly far into it. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's been uh, fun. Uh, I foolishly let my friends decide what the party would be, and it ended up with two red mages, a black mage, and a thief. Um, Yikes. And, How's that been working out for you? Uh, not as badly as it could be, but mostly because this, like... The NES and MSX and PS1 versions of uh, of Final Fantasy One are various combinations of poorly balanced and bugged to shit. <laughs> uh, there's two entire stat blocks that don't work. Uh, notably for this party, intelligence doesn't do anything. 
uh, no calculation in the game ever calls it. So, theoretically, like, if your assumption is that the red mage's lower int stat is going to make it a worse mage, the answer is no, it's not. Uh, what do they base okay. magic off of in that game, then? It's completely random within a range determined by the spell. Oh, okay. So, like, by, by Origins, the PS1 version of FF1, it's clear that they had to some degree accepted that this was just part of the game's balance and we're just trying to work around it because in the spell's descriptions will say what the potential range of the spell is if it's not resisted or weak, uh, or the enemy isn't weak to it. Uh, so it'll say, like, uh, Thunder, or it's, it's just called Bolt in this one, but, like, Bolt, uh, Bolt 1 has, it, it just says in the description, does 10 to 40 lightning damage. Like, yep, that's how much it's going to do. It's completely random how much, uh, what between that range it would be. Uh, which has two effects. It makes dedicated casters less useful because, like, they get more charges, but not enough more charges for it to really matter that much. Uh, the high level spells that only, essentially, only they get are not as good as they should be, and magic as a whole is just generally not as good as it should be, so it's like, it's a little less of a problem to have, uh, to not have a white mage, especially because of the extremely fucked up way that uh, enemies determine what they're going to target. Uh, because in those early versions, I don't know if this is still the case, because this was definitely intentional, but especially in those early versions, uh, Final Fantasy 1 doesn't have a back row, but it still has kind of the same idea because the way that the AI determines what it's going to hit is that it has a 50% chance of hitting the first, the top uh, character in your lineup, a 25% chance of hitting the second person, and a 12.5% chance to hit either three or four. Uh, so you can, uh, if one character is taking a beating, you can just move them out of the top row and have a much better chance of them continuing to survive through the dungeon. Um, Very Dragon Questy. It, it was a much more random game at the time. People had not yet decided that they hated randomness in their RPGs to that extent. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm fairly far along in that. I'm just about to the class promotion, so the thief will stop being completely goddamn useless. Uh... God, the, the PS1 Thief is less shitty than the NES one because the one thing that a Thief is supposed to be good at in uh, FF1 on the NES is bugged. They're supposed to be better at running. But the running calculation in FF1 never actually references any of the things that, and anything that would make them better at it and is actually completely insane. Uh... Let me see if I can find the actual formula because it it sound it will sound like I'm making it up. Uh, but oh, what's that? Basically, uh, Final Fantasy II is not alone in exactly how messed up its programming is. Yeah. Okay. So this is the. This, it's insane. Uh, you can always run if you're striking first. Uh, you can never run if certain encounters have a can't run flag naturally. Uh, 
running it's supposed to be something like running is determined by luck greater than zero and then like there's some complicated calculations but because of how it's written how it's been written it's bugged so it doesn't actually check that uh <laughs> it does not check like it's supposed to check their level it doesn't check that uh for for this character in slot one it checks the status of character in slot three character in slot two it checks oh, the status okay. of the character in slot four so those characters will be better at running if the characters in slots three and four are not like asleep or poisoned or whatever uh for slot three it does it, it does something completely insane based on turn order uh and for slot four uh it depends on slot four's health okay yeah it's it's completely like i have no idea what happened there's ff1 on nes is it's it's amazing that it exists and that it runs at all but anytime that you it's essentially impossible to get past the character select like the character creation screen without encountering a bug uh to the point where like people who are versed in the game are generally of the opinion that there's basically no reason to ever have anything in your party but warriors and red mages because the bugs all just sort of stack up in those classes favor uh i'm trying to think like so it's not, like there's there's some truly wild shit. The way the game determines turn order is insane as well. Uh, it has nothing to do with like agility, like you might uh, like you might assume based on the name of that stat. That stat I believe affects evasion to some extent, but uh, instead the game uh, fills up the entire series of uh, like. It always treats every battle as though there are nine enemies in it, even if there's nothing in those slots. It just treats them like they're dead. Uh, then it gives... Uh, it, it assigns characters' uh, numbers, I believe, completely at random. Then counts up from zero to eight. Uh then swaps numbers on a semi-random basis and then uses that to determine the like what who, who goes when it's it's insane it's completely insane uh final fantasy one is a, is a broken video game uh i think the other the other great bit is that there are tons of spells that are uh, useless for one reason or another, which is another thing that hurts mages really badly in that game. Uh, my favorite of them is one that isn't bugged. It's technically working exactly as intended. It's just that a, a single attempt to unravel the logic of how it's meant to be used makes it clear that the spell is completely useless. Because oh, in, the NES, in the NES version, uh, the spell that cures silence is called Abut, in that version, it's supposed to be anti-mute or whatever. But the spell that cures silence is only castable on the caster. 
who's already muted. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's yeah. completely fucking worthless. Uh, yeah, that's right up there with um, the early Metal Max games where the char the uh, character revive item can only be used by the character holding it. Yeah. There's a bunch of other uh, spells like that where it's like, this is worthless because uh, it can only be cast on the caster and no one would ever bother. So, like, uh, if you don't have... Uh, and, and there's some that, like, you get the fun, the fun thing of, like, uh, I believe uh, temper uh, or whatever the uh, like attack up spell is called, depending upon which version you're playing. But in the NES version, that's basically useless because it can only be cast on the caster. So unless you have a ninja who can cast black magic spells, uh, you have like there's no reason to ever buy that for black mage because they're not going to be spending their time doing physical attacks. That's worthless. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just full of stuff like that that are like straddling the line between bug and just total oversight. Uh, and then of course there's the one that they could never fix because the entire game is balanced around it. No version of the game actually changes this, um, which is that uh, I, I think they eventually just took the stat out uh, and just made it sort of a thing that happens behind the scenes. But in the NES version. There is like a uh, stat that's supposed to indicate how likely a weapon is to critical, and it's lying. That that stat is never called. Uh, the likelihood of a weapon critically is determined by its uh, placement in the master index of all weapons in the game. Okay. Huh. Which has the ultimate effect of making it so that weapons that are early in the game that are. Uh, sooner in the index have critical way less often than they theoretically are supposed to and weapons that are later in the game uh, critical way more often than like theoretically they're supposed to based on what the stats say they're supposed to do uh, to, to my knowledge no version has ever changed this uh, I think that they ultimately decided that the like e even though the stats are lying it seems like the game was ultimately balanced around the idea that, like, this is how they were going to function. So it, it mostly is a bug in the sense of they probably shouldn't have surfaced that stat because it doesn't mean anything. It does mean at least one weapon in the NES version is absolutely lying about what its effect is, its effect is supposed to be. The Corporal Sword in that version uh, is, like, it has... for the point in the game you get a pretty low attack power but it says like oh it criticals more often so that's supposed to make up for it but it, it's relatively late in the uh weapon index but it's you know around the weapons that you find it it's not any later than those so it doesn't tri critical any better than anything else that you're finding at the same time uh final fantasy one it's a complete mess it's a mess don't play the NES version ever. But yeah. It, it's slow as shit. In some ways it actually sounds like the second game in the series works better in some or dealing with some of these. It's yeah, scary. I mean yeah, FF2 is uh, also broken in many unique and special ways, but it's definitely uh, like it, it's, it's complete failures are more to do with the sheer ambition of what it's attempting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like something like 
Berserk can only be cast on yourself, that makes a lot more sense if you are able to mix and match your characters the way Final Fantasy II does. Yeah. There's absolutely reasons to uh, build characters in that fashion. Uh, and to quickly get over the other things I've been playing. Uh, I started playing uh, Mega Man Legends 1 because I need to finish out all those remaining Mega Man games. There's about seven of them left. Uh, and I really like Mega Man Legends, so that was, that was a neat choice. Uh, I found a money exploit that I did not notice as a child and quickly bought essentially every upgrade in the game that it would let me buy. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, that game's uh, really neat because it has sort of Zelda-style uh, dungeons or like, not, not fully Zelda-style because you're not guaranteed to get something. You, you do sometimes get things that affect your ability to traverse the world, but you're not guaranteed it. But, uh, you know, you get this somewhere between like a traditional RPG dungeon and Zelda dungeon. But as you play enough of it and you explore enough, uh, especially if you're going through the optional areas, you can find that, oh, every dungeon in this game, except for one, are all interconnected, and they can you can move between them if you just have the right tools. And that's, that's really neat to uh, start to unravel how the game world fits together, both on the overworld and in the dungeon world. Uh, it, it's really cool. It, <laughs> it makes it more fun to explore. There's actually a lot of good items to find, which helps. Uh, but yeah, Mega Man Legends 1, it still holds up pretty well, as long as you don't mind the relatively archaic controls. And it's very charming, it's very charming. Uh, and Tron Bond. Yeah, it's got Tron Bond, who's fun. Uh, you rescue her from uh, getting attacked by a dog, and she develops a crush on Mega Man, it's adorable. Uh, the game has a primitive like morality system. Uh, that is the only effects of which are that Mega Man's armor turns to a darker shade of blue the more evil you are. Huh. And if you check, uh, if you check certain houses, you can overhear people talking about Mega Man. And if you're good, they'll say that they'll it'll be like parents telling their children, "You should be like that Mega Man boy. He's such a hero." And if you're evil, they'll be like, don't be like that Mega Man boy. He's a real ruffian. It's, it's very silly. Um, and the only way you're ever going to notice that it's doing this is if you, especially in the English version where they cut out some of the ways that you could uh, become evil, there was the option to kick small animals in the Japanese version that was cut entirely <laughs> from the English version. Uh, but also, uh, the, the, the only way you're really going to notice this is if you commit one of the two or three actions that actually has significant effects on this meter, and they are uh, going far out of your way to shoot down like a news, a news chopper, basically. Like, it's a little airship, but it's basically supposed to be a news chopper. Uh, it's really hard to shoot it down, because Mega Man will not aim at it. Uh, but if you forcibly shoot it down, you will see that your armor darkens considerably. Uh, and there is a side quest where you're trying to uh, thwart a bank robbery. And uh, at the end, you have money uh, because you thwarted the bank robbery. And you have the option of taking it back to the inspector or just leaving the area with it. And if you do, you just pocket it. And 
definitely affect your morality meter. But it's it's full of weird little details like that. Uh, there is a side quest for a high-powered weapon that mostly involves uh, repeatedly going back to a hospital to check in on a girl as she finishes her physical therapy. Uh, it's it's that kind of game where it's just like, here's a lot of cute things that can happen if you decide to actually wander around and talk to everyone. Uh, as, as is clear from some of the things I play, I like it when games do that. <laughs> I never got, never had a chance to play that series except for the Tron Bond game. Which is great. It's a great, I think it's a prequel to one, but yeah, it's a great little game. made me appreciate her appearance in Project Cross Zone. Project Cross Zone. I think she's in Namco X Capcom as well. Yep, she is. Uh, and yeah, she starts, she came in with Namco versus Capcom. Yeah. That's why they brought her in again. She's one yep. of the returning characters. She was, a, she was an institution at that point. Mm -hmm. It's also very funny to play the game and see the games repeatedly uh, have to live with the fact that, like, the protagonist's name is Mega Man in cam in Camel Case. <laughs> like, because it's like, yeah, we've got Mega Man, but there's no space, but they're both still capitalized. Uh, it's it's very it's very funny. They just have to have to live with that. They can't just call him Rock. He has to be Mega Man. But, uh, uh, give him the first name Ed. Ed Mega Man. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been having fun with Legends. Uh, oh, it's always been a fan of that one for uh, ever ever since I first played it in like 1999. Don't want to think about that. That feels weird. Um, <laughs> old. Yeah. We are old. No. Yeah, so, so we're, no. Yes. You're getting older. Getting, getting, getting. No. Uh, it's Death Gaze also, uh... becomes telepathy. Fuck you, game. <laughs> well, I thought you were saying no to being old. Well, I mean, yes, that, but, but yeah, also that, yeah. But no, fucking but... random ass bullshit. You're playing a saga game, my dear friend. I know it's. Ah. In any case, uh, yeah. So, so that's been fun, and it's also it's a. It's a pretty short game. Uh, I'm probably like two thirds of the way through, and I'm at like six hours, and that's including at least one spent grinding. Uh, yeah, completely unnecessary grind. I just, I just did it, but yeah, it's it's not a it's not a super long game, but it's fun. It's fun. I recommend it. Uh, it's I believe still available on PS3 if you've got one of those sitting around. Um, yeah, and or uh, PSP, probably. Yeah, oh yeah, PSP, PS Vita, PS3. Like it was, it was a PS1 classic, is what I'm saying. Uh, also, everyone needs to remember that in Japan it was called Rockman Dash, and Dash was an acronym that stood for Diggers Adventure Stories in Halcyon Days. <laughs> um, As it is in Japan, yes. Yeah, I, I always I, I love collecting weird ass acronyms, uh, weird ass Eng English acronyms from Japanese games. They are they are each a beautiful and precious flower. Um, but yeah, uh, 
reigning reigning champions remain uh, specialist, less an elegant manly danger zone. Uh, this game is fucking fucking with me. It's just fucking with me now. Quake becomes change. What the fuck is change? You're the one that's trying to figure uh, out how to make means... a month. Okay. I think change is strong against status changes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, you're, you're that's the one, fine. I'd prefer Quake, actually. Thank you very much. You're the one trying to figure out like a rhyme or reason to how Esper's powers change. Uh, there isn't one. I think the actual There's none. things... It's only slightly less confusing than Final Fantasy Legend 2's monster transformations. It's not your place to ask why. Wow. Okay. Remember what David was telling us early. This is back in the days when we didn't realize we didn't like randomness. Listen, Saga fans are built different. We do like randomness to some extent, but we also also suffering. <laughs> Just happened to pick one of the more random games in the series. RNG also giveth and RNG taketh. But yeah, this is this is the first game. They really smoothed it out from here. Yeah, and this, this remake is still lot. smoother than the original version. Yeah. Let's see, a couple things in the chat. Uh, Fireminer points out, before you know it, you'll have Trails fans bemoaning that Cold Steel 2 takes place in a civil war and never takes you to the whole country. Uh, and betting that Kudo is probably four games because Falcon's president said that when Kudo is done, the overall saga will be about 70-80% through. I trust that number about as much as I trust when the One Piece man says that he thinks that when he spent like 10 years saying that this uh, thing was just about done and now just finally entered his final arc, which is likely several hundred chapters. Oh, God. Uh, yep. Yeah, so it's one of those things like people give those kinds of estimates. I, I don't trust that Trails is... Uh, going to be done before 2032. Uh, <laughs> also, Smokin' Joe, just to taunt Wheels, says maybe the game just hates her guts. No, I grew up playing this game and I've gotten crazy good luck as much as I've gotten crazy bad luck, so no, not true. He's Saga like... loves me. <laughs> this I know. Because Kawazu so. tells me because, so. I was gonna say because RNG tells you so. RNG RNG is a cruel mistress. Let's see. Um... Just checking the podcast section to make sure we haven't missed anything. Looks like mostly RPG cast discussion. There was a question yesterday, wasn't there? Yeah, there is one from dear friend Dumerang that probably is open to all takers, but he didn't say we shouldn't take it, so... <laughs> uh, and Dumerang does uh, send us questions every so often, so thank you for that. Uh, I love it when there's gameplay during final credits. And, uh, it always seems well-received. Why do you think more games don't do this? Maybe you guys don't like it. Uh... I would, I would honestly because most games are made with the knowledge that most people don't get it to the end, so they, um, so they kind of uh, skint on that one. It's it's also just one of those things where uh, for for turn based RPGs, I don't I don't think that there's ever really a way to implement that unless you're doing the uh, Earthbound uh, thing or Undertale thing where you just 
go through the entire game, and it's like the te- credits aren't technically rolling, but it is basically just the pre-credits. Mm-hmm. But uh, for I, I think that part of it is that uh, if a game is combat focused and it ends on combat you end up with uh, very specific implications of a essentially never-ending fight. And sometimes games use that, like Saga Frontier. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, it, it paints a portrait of bleakness that a lot of games don't like to end on. <laughs> I remember Romancing Saga 2 ended up ended on a a long series of battles that was just showing you beating the crap out of everything that happened to be left. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's Saga Frontier. I think it's uh, it's Blue's story that like ends on like a freeze frame in the middle of a fight. Oh, Blue's battle, yeah. Yeah. Was, Which... That was one of the things I was hoping that they would change for the remake, and they didn't. I think that that fight is absolutely working as intended, but. Uh, polarizing. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the 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 other thing you run into with uh, putting gameplay over credits is naturally you run into the fact that uh, people can't read the credits. Uh, so you know it, it can mm-hmm. cause problems in that sense. It, can feel like you're distracting people away from all the people who put hard work into making the game that can have its own issues. Uh, yeah, and there's the aforementioned thematic concerns that, you know, sometimes sometimes it's just, uh, you know, putting gameplay over the credits, depending upon what the gameplay consisted of, can uh, paint an unsettling picture. Uh, and as Gaijin mentioned, it's, it's usually... The, the ending is usually, honestly, something that ends up having um, relatively... Uh, it ends up being cobbled together from, well, this is what's done. So adding stuff after it is even more going to be, well, this is what's still left over. Uh-huh. Uh, this is different from symbolic final boss battles, because those can be kind of fun. Oh, I love those. Um, give me, give me a, give me a final battle that is all about tying up themes, uh, and that's less one about. Of the things I really like about Wild Arms too, actually, it was the final, the final, final battle, mm-hmm. where it was literally inside the main character's heart as he was purging himself of the demon. The battle for everyone's soul. Um, but yeah, or uh, you know, uh, there's the. I, this one I'm also a big fan of because of how weirdly it's gimmicked under the under the hood. But uh, the quote unquote final battle in Final Fantasy VII that's just the uh, game giving you an excuse to beat the shit out of Sephiroth with Omni Slash. Uh, yep, that was the other you, one. Yeah, and it's gimmicked in a really funny fashion because under the hood, like the way that it's designed, uh, Sephiroth's attack for that he will eventually attack you, but it's gravity elemental. And you're given the, uh, you're you're sort of forcibly made to be able to counterattack him, so that there's no way you can just sit there and get yourself killed. 
it's it's very funny but uh that's that's a good uh gimmicked final battle uh i don't think much of the general world of final fantasy 10 or how its story is ultimately told but i think that it has a good gimmicked final battle as well oh yeah That one, a particularly enterprising player could find a way to force themselves to lose it, but you're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, th those are a good... Because, like, you know, you, you want to sort of... Uh, like, you, you finish the fight, and then you get into, like, the part where you're trying to do the emotional catharsis. And I think that a... Uh, final battle that has been gimmicked in the player's favor in order to tie up a thematic end is a very uh, useful way for to provide the player with closure uh, after they've completed the game, the final like challenge that the game is putting in front of them. Uh, uh, another way you'll sometimes see that is like uh, I remember. The the I think I think the game rolls credits before you actually do this, but the uh, final final dungeon in Lunar Two, where uh, love interest has been sent back to space, and protagonist is wandering around, and you go back to the dungeon that the prologue took place in, uh, and uh, find a way to send the protagonist to space along with the love so that you know those two can be together uh but you know you get that kind of uh falling action the world's no longer in danger and you're uh like you're at near max level like this dungeon is not really at risk of killing you but it gives you time to sort of process where the game is uh building up runway to its actual like final ending like that was a good one as well Uh, yeah. Uh, anyone else got examples of this? <laughs> mm -mm. I, I had to cut out because uh, rain and desert. Uh, mm. People do not know how to drive. That makes sense. Also, uh, I needed to adjust your volume because, like, you were super soft, but platinum was really loud, so I couldn't turn up my phone. So, um, what what was the question? The question was about uh, sequences in games taking place during credits. And I sort of expanded it out to games with, like, sort of non-traditional endings or, like, sections that are after the final boss that are, like, essentially impossible to lose. My personal favorite is Final Fantasy VI. Does that have something after the final boss? Yeah, where you watch all your all the characters. Oh you... yeah, that's. I, I was thinking specifically of gameplay. Oh, gameplay wise. Um, I mean, it's not very common. Yeah, it's super not common because it's it's very. Uh, it's 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 a lot of time and money to pour into something that the smallest, the statistically smallest amount of player base is ever going to see. Uh, the aforementioned Earthbound and, and Undertale both have a really nice, uh, like, wander around the world and talk to all the NPCs and see what the what the world is going to be like now that the ending has taken the principal story has closed. Uh, 
And yeah, the the other things I was mentioning was like gimmicked uh, boss fights that happen after final boss fights, uh, like uh, Gaijin mentioned a uh, the final boss of uh, Wild Arms Two that uh, essentially takes place inside the character's own mind, uh, or the uh, quote unquote fight with Sephiroth in FF Seven uh, that happens after you fight Shaper Sephiroth when it's just uh, Cloud and him facing each other down, and it's an unlosable fight. Those those are those are memorable and tend to add an extra dimension to the endings, give them a bit more emotional closure. Chopped a lot for FF7 because FF7's uh, ending after that is both extremely bleak and extremely not final feeling and very weird. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never you, forget. Oh, did, did you see Fireminer's question in the uh, Twitch chat? Let's see, is it considered a gimmick fight if in a turn-based game the boss is so hard that there's only one specific timeline of actions that you can take to win? Uh, that's when you've created a very strange puzzle game. <laughs> I, I would, I would call that a gimmick fight. I probably wouldn't have a lot of fun with it, but. Uh, that would be a gimmick fight of some description. Uh, how many um, how many ethereal queens in how many Trias games have you beaten? To my deepest shame, I don't usually go for the super bosses, even though I usually will play uh, the games to a degree where I probably should. So my count stands at zero. I'm trying to remember. Does, does does it count if I've beaten her more than once in the same game? Just count that once. <laughs> then once. In which game? The one of the greatest games of all time. You're about to say Star Ocean Four, aren't you? No. <laughs> Valkyrie Profile. Okay, now there's there's a contender. I actually agree on that one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I was okay. on the backtrack of it recently. Valkyrie <laughs> uh, Profile, why aren't you on Switch? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, in general, uh, I, I play the games in such a way that I probably could fight uh, the ethereal ethereal queen, but I, I don't. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, Although also... I will say, getting to her, getting to her in Star Ocean Six is a heck of a deal. <laughs> I'm looking forward to spending time doing that at some point. Uh, see also uh, Gabriel Celeste who keeps showing up again as well, motherfucker. Well, um, Gabriel Celeste is like the mid the the mid boss to the Ethereal Queen. I've taken him oh, out yeah, way more times than than the Ethereal Queen. Yeah, but he's still a motherfucker. Um, but yeah, uh, God, I remember the 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 unlock conditions for the Ethereal Queen in two are extremely strange. Because uh, I think, as I recall, in that one you had to like 
make it you have to teach all of your characters music and go deep into the bonus dungeon and have them all play as an orchestra to make her appear i think that's how that functioned in that game so it was a choice yeah, summoned by having a character with music level 10 play the Devil's Aria, which requires the... Oh, yeah, it's that it required the Silver Trumpet. Hey. Star Ocean 2 never did anything simply when it could uh, bury it behind a dozen different insane subsystems, and that's why I love it. Uh... <laughs> Which game changed the most between when it was teased and when it came out? Level 5 recently released a trailer for a new Inazuma 11. It is completely different from what it was originally teased all those years ago. Yeah, he was talking about this as being described as Ares at one point. Let me uh, see if I can find uh, what that was in reference to. Yeah, there was a... Oh, there was an... Ares Inazuma 11 anime in 2018 that was possible. Uh, uh, you might be referring to the, there was probably supposed to be a game to tie in with that. But apparently that went by the wayside for a number of years. Uh, this is, this is tough because like, Usually, it's rare to see games actually be shown early enough to, or at least without a committed enough direction that no one uh, fully, uh, that they can completely uh, change direction without it essentially being treated as an entirely new game. Uh trying to think of ones where like it was public knowledge what the game looked like it's like i can think of games that were uh that after after the game was released it was revealed that like a bunch of weird things that happened to them in development that caused them to be very different but i can't think of many situations where they were up front early on with what it was going to look like and then completely changed course I mean, I would debate Anthem to quite a bit of a degree. I would not, mostly because not because it didn't change, but because I don't think it had a very strong direction when they announced it. When they first showed it, it mostly looks, to some extent, like the game they released. It's just that, like... There was basically nothing but a very vague concept when they showed it. No Man's Sky? That one changed after it released. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it changed after, because remember, they were talking like, you know, oh, everything's procedurally generated, you know, they... they... It is still primarily proc gen. Yeah, but it was way, like... Uh, I think they just promised too much and couldn't deliver. They did. Yeah, they, they promised too much, sure. but the conception, the conception of the game was not that different. It's just that they couldn't actually make it work. Uh, Zim is offering Spyborgs. I don't know enough about what that was shown, what that looked like when it was first shown. 
Which game? Uh, Spyborgs. It was a Wii game from Capcom. It looks like they first announced it uh, as basically a Saturday morning cartoon, and then people were very uh, lukewarm on it, and so they sort of tried to grim and gritty it up, kind of removed all the mini games uh, that were like that associated the game with like children's shows and shit, uh, and it. Switched from being like a action puzzle game into a brawler, so yeah, they, they basically just completely. They might as well have just made a different game. <laughs> it sounds like. Uh, yeah, just remember. Duke Nukem Forever. Anyone play the late two thousand one Zelda game? That is a completely different game. Uh, I don't think it's that far from what people expected out of Duke Nukem, which was kind of problem. <laughs> Because a game that made a Duke Nukem game that made sense in 2001 didn't make sense in 2011, but uh, yeah, that that is one of those situations where the 2001 build is just a completely different game. Like they went back to the drawing board like three times on Duke Nukem Forever. Um, Only three. Yeah, I mean, usually they were just lashing on gameplay concepts that didn't make any sense. Uh, What a what a disaster! Uh, trying to think of anything in the realm of RPGs that did this. The closest I can think of is the Metamorphosis from FF versus thirteen to FF fifteen, uh, mm. which uh, significantly changed large portions of the plot and. Uh, Complete semi cut, semi completely redesigned the game's female lead. Uh, she was originally supposed to be sort of a rival character that uh, you would fight, and then she kind of got. Well, there's a lot going on there. Uh, Sim clarifies about Spyborgs. Basically, it was going to be a Saturday morning cartoon esque thing with commercial themed mini games, and then it turned into a more generic game. That's a bit of a shame. Mm. Uh, and Fireminer saying the problem is that Duke Nukem lost sight, forever lost sight of what made Duke Nukem cool and endearing in the first place. Duke Nukem forever struck me as people uh, forgetting that Duke Nukem was a parody. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be a problem that happens. Yeah, that's that's how it always looked to me. Uh, was that it was like, ah, uh, do like. You know, Duke Nukem is cool in a, like, dated fashion turned into Duke Nukem is cool. And then they they kept designing a game around that mission statement, and that became a problem. <laughs> but yeah, uh, versus 13 to 15 feels like one of the bigger ones, just because you had two major shifts uh, from two uh, principal creative directors, because you had when it switched from being versus 13 to 15, Nomura did a big shift on it to make it uh, in the like in one direction to try to make it less uh, difficult for players who uh, to make it less focused around the one principal character because originally 
you, you had Noctis as the protagonist and you would only be able to play as him. And then when it shifted to 15, they started retooling it so that you'd be able to play as your entire party. And I think that feature ultimately got cut anyway when Tabata took over and did another uh, story rewrite. So the, the game ended up drifting pretty far from what was initially shown. Uh, Fireminer asks if any of us has tried the new Shadow Warrior games. I haven't gotten around to those. I'm not like I do enjoy a good first-person shooter, but I'm not. Uh, I haven't gotten around to trying those. I yeah. don't think anyone else here is a big first-person shooter person up in wheels. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be very specific. For you're you're in the bungee mode. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have been interested in Shadow Wars. It's just, you know, I haven't fit it into the schedule at all. Got to be in the right mood. Got to be yeah. in the right time. But yeah. Uh... But yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, usually when we when we see stuff about games that shifted heavily in development usually companies are smart enough not to announce something so early that it's completely changed direction by the time that it's actually out uh, there's some some interesting stuff like square tends to do this more than most because for a very long time up to and possibly including to now they have a tendency to announce things irresponsibly early. So you'll get things like the proof of concept uh, fighting system from the FF7 remake that was announced and that was shown in like 2015 that like resembles the particulars of the final game in no particular fashion. But uh, otherwise, you know, you mostly end up with a lot of. Uh, finding out after a game comes out that actually uh, we started we started making a uh, railroad simulation game and somehow ended up making Grand Theft Auto 5. Huh. But that, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> that one's a joke. <laughs> I laughed, yes. <laughs> just, just, wanted to, just wanted to be clear because we all said, huh. Huh. <laughs> that would be funny if true. Go back in time and make it true. My memory's not the greatest, but I think the entire Earth was destroyed. Interesting <laughs> true. Uh, That'd be like Grand Theft Engine. I'd play it. Um, I mean, hey, they already made a horror game involving trains. Let's make a train theft game. But yeah. Um... Say Grand Theft Auto Wild West. I, I believe that's uh, called uh, Red Dead Redemption. Fireminer asks, we've gone through all of his questions in the podcast section. I believe we hit all of them in the episode that just went up, I believe, today. Uh, let me double check. It went up yesterday. Actually. Oh, yesterday. Thank you. For Sorry, I was in the bathroom, but I wanted to add in Grand Theft Locomotive. That is an option for naming. We'll we'll see if we get we'll start we'll start pitching this idea and see who sues us first. Uh, we'll just steal the idea. Wow, rude. Okay, yeah, I 
think we covered all the ones in the pocket. Oh wait, there's a couple more back here. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, we did not hit questions 12, 13, 14. 12, 13, 14. Uh, talked about playing the best version of a game. How would that conversation go if applied to compilations? Would you settle for anything less than the best version of a game in a compilation? For example, Capcom's, Capcom is mentioned a lot when it comes to these things. The Mega Man X Legacy Collection used the PS2 port of Mega Man X8 instead of the Superior PC port. All the Street Fighter collections never have the most complete versions of Alpha 2 and 3, which were Alpha 2 Gold and Alpha 3 Max, respectively. You, you get into some strong debates about what is the best and most representative versions of those. Uh, a lot depends on how many bugs are available. That, that, but also, like, maybe the PC port of uh, Mega Man X8 ran at a slightly higher resolution. I'm not... If you asked me, I would not even initially bet that Capcom made that internally. Wheels of the game over again. What? No, I'm just for setting for some bad, some bad RNG. Do that on occasion. I mean, I used to do all kinds of stupid shit when I had this on Game Boy. Like, if I wanted to avoid combat, I would just walk a few steps, save, walk a few steps, save. Oh, combat, reset, reload. Abused the hell out of that save anywhere feature <laughs> as a kid. Great work. Yep. Uh, but yeah, for for Alpha Two and Alpha Three, you run some really specific uh, issues of uh, not having Alpha Two Gold is a little more confusing. Not using Alpha Three Max. Uh, I believe Alpha Three Max is based on the PS One version. It might be missing some animation frames that purists tend to prefer over the uh, very odd-looking additional characters that are sprited in a different style. Uh, there's there's debate to be had over what the best version of those is, and that's one of the things that you run into. Uh, the PS2 Mega Man X collection, for example, used to be PS1 version, which some particularly deranged individuals prefer. Uh, the Legacy Collection uses the SNES version of X3. Uh, there's, in general, like, I would argue against using uh, particularly low-quality versions, but I don't have anything against if you're just using the most native version of the game. So, like, using the PS2 version of X8 makes sense. That was the home platform. It was the initial version. It was the most canonical version. Using the arcade versions of Street Fighter games makes sense uh, up until they stopped being arcade games because the, that was the most native version of the game. That was where it was uh, sort of conceived uh, as being played, so use that version. Uh, in general, I'm not not going to get up in arms about a re-release, uh, a collection using a suboptimal version unless it's like materially worse in every way. So like, uh, if if you were to use like the Super Famicom ports of uh, SNK fighting games in a collection, like I'm going to look at you confused and wonder why the fuck you bothered. Uh, like the, the Neo Geo versions are right there. 
they're extremely available. <laughs> um, of course, there are also, for example, some of the East games have radically different versions. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, if there was a, if there was an East collection that had the, the Famicom ports, I would have I would have many words with whoever had decided to make that collection. Um, I think the most interesting version of any East game is the Ark of Nephishtim Gotcha game. The I mean, what? interesting in the same way that an Eldritch Horror is interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that idea. It, it exists. Uh, it's a natural thing. I don't know. Yeah, tell, no, I'm tell me more exists. about these Eldritch Horrors, please. Like well, there's, no more there's of this uh, laugh attack. There's, uh, also, Fireminer says, speaking of Street Fighter, I actually saw a Street Fighter V arcade machine near my house. I hope the arcade owner will upgrade to Street Fighter VI since both run on Taito X4. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the plans are for Arcade Street Fighter Six. I have no idea how quickly that's going to follow on the heels of the news. Uh, is the mobile MMO E7 still going on? Yeah, I don't know who that's for. Um, God. Yeah, you can if you dig into the weeds of Falcom, you're going to find some weird shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's it's Falcom for you. Yeah, let's let's all play the let's all play East Two Special on our uh, Korean Windows machines from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually curious why Wheels is playing Saga One because he's Wheels. Speaking of different versions of the game, <laughs> but, yeah, I ask uh, why. Episode 300, man. Exactly. Let's celebrate. It's saga time. Here it all began. Celebrate good times, come on. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just thinking about East 2 Special. They put elves and dwarves in East 2 Special. It's a really weird version. They expanded every dungeon in that game. They made it way the fuck longer. It's such a weird version. Why did it happen? <sighs> um, but yeah. Um, let's see. And question number 13. Uh, speaking of which, remember when developers used the greatest hits release to add bug fixes, Armory Core, Front Mission 2, etc.? Shame a lot of collectors seem to go out of their way to avoid the greatest hits. I mean, those people just want to put them on a shelf and they don't like the lime green versions. Uh, and ugly. <gasps> yeah. Uh, X has died. Oh no, we're restarting this battle. Oh my god. That. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that was. Box. A box. For for a period, that was the only way to indicate that a version might to give an indication that a version might have been up, updated that didn't require you to scan the back of the legalese on the back of the box for a serial number. So it was, it was nice when they would update the greatest hits version instead of just surreptitiously fixing it and not explaining what they when they'd done it. Mm-hmm. Try uh, try purchasing a DS uh, Harvest Moon game and figuring out whether it's the version that's bugged to shit or not. Um, yeah, 
And then, of course, you would occasionally get the greatest hits games that were uh, very, very obviously updated, like uh, Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition, which made the game playable for a lot more people. Uh, here's one coming right down my uh, coming right down my street. What is the best part of Resident Evil 4 to play? Uh, probably depending upon your preference, uh, the Wii version or one of the modern HD versions, depending upon how much you care about. Uh, like the motion controls are really nice. The pointer controls make the shooting very effortless. And that could be a good or bad thing, depending upon what you want out of the game. Uh, it ha the Wii version has the separate ways content from the PS2 version, but it doesn't have the graphical cutbacks from that version that can uh, make the can make the art direction suffer and can limit the amount of ganados you can actually run into, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, so that's that's if you don't care about going HD, then probably the Wii version. Uh, even if you don't want the pointer controls, that version does have support for traditional controls as well. Or you have the modern HD versions, which are all functionally basically equivalent and are all, you know, you know, they're gorgeous looking there. RE4. Uh, any version that you can play with a chainsaw controller, not if you want to enjoy life or video games. <laughs> How come everyone always talks about the RE4 chainsaw controller and no one talks about the Onimusha 3 uh, Katana controller? Good question. An even more impossible to use object. I had the Mega Man X GameCube controller. Oh, yeah, no, but that no. wasn't. No, no, uh, the Nyko Fan one. Oh, that the was... Airflow. Yeah, I had the Airflow. I also have the one with the keyboard. Oh, yeah, that was by ASCII. That thing's gigantic. Uh... Yeah, uh, no, no, it wasn't that. Uh, that one was the one I have is not. Was... Hmm. No, okay, I could, it's I, not the. No, it's not like the huge keyboard. No, it's it not the, the huge PSO two brand. PSO one. No, no, this one came out around the time uh, Final Fantasy eleven released for the PS two in the US. Oh wait, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like a super mini keyboard, yeah. Yeah, super mini keyboard. That one, yep. The uh, yeah. Oh man, I I love I love the really like stupid controllers. Let's let's rouse Pat, Platy from the grave and bring up the Dragon Quest slime controller. Oh I, God, I, I have still that have PS2. mine. I don't. Has wanna, it melted yet? Probably. <laughs> I don't. I, yes. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> Won't be doing that. <laughs> it has become more slime with time. Yes. Wait, wait, oh, it melted. Yes. Yep. Uh, the, the, the rubberized plastic used on a lot of mid ops objects uh, eventually just sort of congeals. It's gross. It was... Yeah. It gets very I, sticky. You know, and I had two of them at some point, and I think I ended up selling one in its box because <laughs> of what happened to the other one. I'm like, nope, never, not even opening that one. I'll just sell this. Is this is someone else's there. problem now. Yeah, I'm really yep. afraid yep. to take that thing out. Uh, is that the dumbest one, controller you yeah. own, Platy? <laughs> I don't have one. I had two. Okay. I bought one, and then I won one. Um, they used to have a marketing website called uh, Slime Nights back in like 2007, 2008. Oh, I remember hearing about them. Yep, and they had prizes, and I got a couple of Dragon Quest shirts from there, and 
had won one of the controllers or saved up enough points or whatever to get one. And you're yeah, one of the I twelve think... people that was making use of this. <laughs> there were not many. Yeah, it was it was a hard time to be a Dragon Quest. Fan. Oh, that yeah. one was that website came out to promote Dragon Quest Eight, stuck around to promote um, Dragon Quest Joker, and then uh, after about a couple of years, finally went away. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, having an entire website dedicated to marketing a single game with like single game that has been out for multiple and, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's difficult to justify on a balance sheet. We want to try to track down some members and do a slime time episode at one point. I know there was a marriage that resulted from that website. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get their ring from it? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, there's a pair of people that met on the forums because I was a member. I didn't. I didn't participate in the forums there much. Because I was a member of another big Dragon Quest forum, and some oh, people rivalry. migrated over, and I remember they talked about it afterwards. And we got to look up some of the usernames. There's still a bunch of posts in my home forum, and we would try to get a hold of some people. I believe in you. I believe that if anyone can do this, and anyone will do this, it will be you. <laughs> what was funny is the guy who ran it at the end, as the thing was ending told anybody you know email me your address and he emailed us um an envelope handwritten on there it's got two dragon quest uh playing cards in it and it's the great hope that one day we'll meet again and you can show people at slime nights your sealed envelope i still have that sealed envelope nice i see it every now and then it's in my dresser at home and i'm like oh it's time to organize the slime nights meeting <laughs> yep <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a big year for for uh, Dragon Quest. Is it? Yeah, I, I don't know what <laughs> argument there is to be made for that. But... I mean, they announced all those mobile games. Wait, they that announced that two count. years ago, and we've seen like one. Where's Dragon Quest Ten offline, motherfuckers? It's out yeah, in Japan. Where's uh? We were promised that stupid Match Three Keshi Keshi game came out. We didn't get it. <laughs> Where's that, uh, in their defense, all, the, all this was right before COVID happened. Oh, this was actually This was in the COVID middle of COVID. COVID. I thought yep. it was right before. No, oh, that would have been May four years ago. <laughs> oh, May of 2021. Yeah. Yeah, so this was stuff that had been in the works during COVID. I'm still they, wondering. They had a whole year to decide what okay. they were going to put in that presentation. It can still secretly, it can still suddenly become a big year for Dragon Quest if the HD DQ3 telepathy uh, turned back into Death Gaze. Yes. <laughs> I guess yeah. it, we're supposed to get, um, what is it, Infinity Strash this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't the anime that was supposed to tie in with already done? I think they got 100 episodes Probably. out ahead. Still no Infinity Strash game. Yeah, like. I, I, it's, this was not a well-coordinated marketing choice. Yeah, that, they came out in December again and said it's coming out this year, and I'm like, how do you not know a month yet, like, or even a quarter? Like, <laughs> you announced this game two and a half years ago, 
I think it was about a year and a half ago they showed footage, which was kind of rough, and put them back to the drawing board. But like they they came out at the they even uh, announced it for U.S. release last year. Oh yes, oh yeah, it's coming. And they so, for some reason didn't change its horrible name. Well, that's because that's from the anime. Yes, and they should have changed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, I remember reading the fan translation. And they went with Slash, and they went with something else, and eventually they were like, well, it, reading they just the fan translation. They their hands and went with Slash. <laughs> oh, it, it was uh, listed. There were some pages in the back of the manga that did some English translations. And I remember, yeah, they went back and forth with the fan translation. Then they were like, well, this is what we get for not reading ahead and going to volume 10. Before we're here in volume one, where volume 10 actually says, nope, it's trash because it's a straw. I think it, ble- I believe the term strong comes slash. from strong slash. Yeah. Put that together and you that get trash. really dumb. It, it does, oh, and that's yeah. why they should have changed the name. It didn't have to be called Infinity Trash. That, that's why they could it has have still... the word trash right there in the name. It's right there. They could have. They could have even still called it the Strash in game. You just don't call the game Infinity Strash. It's such a bad name. I'm reminded of when I was like, I was talking to someone who worked in localization when they announced Bravely Default on a Nintendo Direct, and both of us were just shaking our heads, wondering why on earth they had not changed its name. And <laughs> or now at least all these years later, you've got Dungeon Encounter and the Octopath Traveler and. Triangle, triangle strategy. Oh, I've got a friend who's a graphic designer and just thinks Square Enix is the biggest piece of shit in the world for... Let's just put words on a background. Pick a font and go. There you go. There's a game logo. They're trying to they're trying to recreate Final Fantasy, which is basically just words on a font. There's a logo in the back. Um, At least half of the like... games have been decent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. the other half like were bravely default Bravely games. Default. <laughs> hey, we're making the same joke at the same time. High five. I don't even dislike Bravely Default too. <laughs> wow. Last I actually you're gonna make default Yeah, we're we're just re- we're just recycling. Jokes, yes. I actually like Bravely Default too. I think it's pretty decent. It's, um, yeah, it's I, I don't, but that's because of the fact I every time I I was playing the digital version on the Switch. And every time I changed classes right after unlocking it, the game would lock up to the point, uh, like lock up, and you couldn't do any inputs, but the sound was going just fine. That's weird. That's extremely weird. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it happened. It happened three different times to me, and so it was like, um, I think there's an issue. So I have, I have actually, and I was enjoying the game, and I never went back. Oh, mm-hmm. you had three audio issues and never went back to the game? No, it wasn't audio. It was the that the game, game locked up, oh, but still played the music. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, okay. the game was playing fine. The audio, ca- or, or the game just stopped. Like, you couldn't move, you couldn't talk to people, you couldn't open your menu, you couldn't close the menu. Not Nothing was going on. Music was playing just perfectly fine. It's good well, soundtrack, okay, though, so there's at tell. least that. We can tell that you're not the reviewer at a RP Gamer. Oh, he didn't roll credits. Yeah, I didn't even roll credits. I I just stopped. Oh, I'm just saying, like as a reviewer, come on, man, three three crashes. That's it. 
That's all it took to get you out of a game? I'm not ready not to that you're a hear how many crashes saying. you've gone through. <laughs> exactly. You know, all right. Reviewer, we get these early builds and we got nothing. Now, I so, want to get back real quick to Dragon Quest Three, and then wheels can cut in. Hold on. No, I have to cut in now. Someone has to solve this uh -oh. riddle for me. Riddle me this. Okay. What is painful to an active person but makes an inflexible person feel better? Oh, I know what it is. Is that a golden needle or something? Cure petrification? Yeah, whatever. Cure petrification. Yeah. Okay. All right. Carry on. Okay. Tell us about Dragon Quest Three. I think um, Octopath killed its window a little bit. I don't think they were gonna release. I mean, if they if they do it as like a, if they do it as like an October release, it'll make yeah, sense. Yeah. You got to give Octopath its time to breathe. Yeah. Kind of like uh, what we've had six months between. They didn't even announce Octopath Traveler two until after Live Alive came out. Yep. I'm gonna need to pick up. Uh... Octopath too, since we talked it up so much. God damn you. It good. Good game. The music is um yeah. The music's phenomenal. It's yeah. Save up for a vacation, you motherfucker. Oh man, it is the number of tracks is unreal too. I was listening through over oh, yeah, twenty five tracks and there's a daytime and night track for every area. You don't have to finish all these goddamn trails games, you motherfucker. <laughs> It'll be there waiting when you're done. I know, I know. Fuck you. But it looks <laughs> cool now. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You're going to knock like Cold Seal 1 out in a week. Yeah, but that's only due to being a lunatic. going to be mad about that, too. If you don't get... If you bang through that game and do not get stuck at the haunted place that I'm stuck at, I'm going to be so annoyed. And that's exactly what's <laughs> going to fucking Well, now happen. I have to. I, no, you know, I, hear, I hear really, really, really funny. I'm like, really? I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom stuck there. <laughs> I'll go that far. <laughs> so you didn't play that hard. Why did you? Well, okay. Touche. You, you fucking numbskull! You're complaining that the game is hard when you played it on hard. Yep. He plays everything on hard because he's an idiot. No, I play turn-based turn yeah. games on hard because if they're too easy, they're boring. So I have to try it on hard first. <laughs> and then I get 30 um, hours in and it's too you hard. Yes. <laughs> it didn't work. Turn-based games to me on, that are too easy are boring as shit. That's why I have not played that new One Piece game. Oh, One Piece Odyssey? Yeah. Fair enough. Like, like, if it's a turn-based game, I want to play with all your options and, like, actually be challenged to, like, think about the moves I'm using. Otherwise, it's not boring. If it's, like, an action game, then there's... It's okay. It's generally more okay for it to be easy because it's more interactive, if that makes any sense. I understand, even if I disagree. Um, I, I do. I, I, yes, as David said, I get your point, but... uh. Now you're suffering for it. Uh, Fireminer asks, uh, let's, let's hear from a resident slime expert. Why, why do no uh, DQ games uh, have you spraying salt on slimes to kill them? You know, with the lime flavoring, I guess that would go very well. Get a little tequila. Yes, it would. Hmm. Gross. Well, you know. <laughs> 
we were told by some, I think it was Dragon Quest Ten producers in some interview last year that they taste like lime. <laughs> Actually, um, whenever, whenever Dragon Quest does a candy Wait, which promotion was a really in Japan, weird thing it's always a lime like, flavor. Okay. I guess that's canon. Yeah. Um, I mean, seriously, yeah. they've sold lime-flavored mints For in Japan. For all you know, they're liquid <laughs> balls of salty water. Who can mm. say? By the way, I have a new contender for favorite slime. Which one? Which one? Uh, the s familiar slime pet from Campfire Cooking in Another World with my absurd skill. Sui is very adorable. I'll believe you, even though that title sounds like it was generated by an AI. Um, let's see. To hit some more in this... Uh, in the... Uh, chat. Good Transformers RPG. When uh, I don't think that there's enough uh, desire from license holders to turn that into an RPG in this day. Oh, and um, actually, I shared something on the Discord the other week where it was a tact a TRPG with Transformers. Oh yeah, what the hell was that called? That might actually work, similar to Front Mission. Uh, more so, more so like XCOM. Would work that sounds more like what they would make nowadays. Yeah, uh, let uh, I let me find it here. I'm uh, I'm uh, let me load. I'm in my Steam right now. Well, you figure that out. I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, here sounds... we go. It's Transformers Battlegrounds. It's both a. It can be either single player or co-op. Hmm. Uh, Zim points out. I mean, even with an action game, I kind of want some challenge. I, I would honestly say that an action game with no challenge is less interesting than a turn-based game with no challenge, because a turn-based game with no challenge, I can just sort of zone out and let that play out while I'm doing other things. An action game, I'm at least nominally paying attention to how work. Wait, an action game that uh, is quite easy? Are we talking Musos here? <laughs> the, those you do have to pay nominal attention to, or else the morale of your troops goes down when you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, many years old memories of Dynasty Warriors. Maybe they've gotten less strict in that fashion. Well, there, there's, you know what? There's too many freaking escort missions like, <sighs> for this fool, or the the defeat conditions. This idiot in the top corner of the map gets defeated. You lose. I do think that there is a certain virtue in allowing a uh, section of a game to be low intensity. And how that needs to be done is very different between turn-based and action. Uh, games because you can do long relatively longer periods of low intensity encounters in an RPG and they build up attrition but uh, you know with a, with an action game if you're just sort of hammering button uh, to make things go you're still having to move while doing that it, it just generally takes a little more brain power and that makes it more obvious how repetitive the game is getting <laughs> Oh, I completely agree. Listen, I'm playing turn-based if I'm watching TV. Yeah, that's a great way I, to I do can't things. Even, I, I can't even Uso with, with TV on. I, I often will play yeah. turn-based RPGs while chatting with friends and streaming the game to them so they have something to stare at while they chat about other things. <laughs> uh, speaking of cute things, dying in the most gruesome manner possible. Anyone remember Naughty Bear on PS3? Yeah, that was, that was an entire... 
Uh, that was a weird huh. garbage franchise for a few minutes there. Uh, there's a couple of those. Uh, see also, late Xbox game no one remembers raises hell. That sounds terrible. Jam? It's very bad. But yeah. Um, in conclusion, uh, Dragon Quest 3 HD2D Wem. Uh, I'm going to hit a I couple will... things off the list before we. Okay. I was going to say September through December for a That That feels like the only time it could be. Um, I'm going to check the list for anything to do with Dragon Quest since your friend Platy is here. No, nope, it looks While like... While you do that uh, real quick, uh, there was... I do remember a very old NES Transformer side-scroller. Don't bring up Convoy Nanazo. <laughs> Legendary, legendary Heavenly King of Kusoge Convoy Nanasa. No, 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 this one was actually Transformers. Oh, hey, good thing Convoy Nanasa is a Transformers. Needle. Oh, okay. Good thing I bought that golden needle to solve that riddle. Convoy is Optimus uh, Prime's Japanese. Mm -hmm. uh, let's hit a couple. Uh, let's pop down something else. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of something that actually fits this grouping. Uh, it does not look like uh, I am lucky in that sense. Uh, hey, there are there are children with kids. There are people with children here. Uh, let's some children of, with kids. <laughs> let's not discuss that. Um, let's see. I don't want to think that far ahead. Uh, um, I'd hate to break it to you, but the youngest person to ever give birth to a child. No, we are not. No, no, no you are no. not finishing the sentence. <laughs> okay, moving no. Discount today. That was, okay. that was pretty scary enough. Oh, for fuck's it's, sake. it's a very scary concept, though. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, so moving on. Uh. We're going to let's hit something that's fairly agnostic to the group, and then hit something that's uh, for, the, for you, the Medusa. For the uh, what crappy game do you like because it was the only thing you had as a child? Um, Seven Saga. I had Ultima Runes of Virtue on. Me too. Game Boy. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like Seven Saga is way worse, but. Um. That is the only RPG I brought with me to college. What? I have one of two. I have two different ones here. So, the first one is, I want to say, Ultima 3, the NES edition. Wow. Well, that's very specific. It's, it's not a great version, but also Ultima 3 is not a great game. <laughs> well, I've all, I also had the PC the version, game. but... 
but I had I had the one through six pack of all of all Ultimas, so you know, mm -hmm. um, for PC. But no, this is specifically the NES version of Ultima Three. Mm -hmm. That was that was Tam's uh, six pack in college. <laughs> um, the other one is I was so desperate to play a video game oh, at a school. I don't want to hear the end of this. I bought myself a Game Boy Advance, and I bought Ham Ham Heartbreak. You know what? Not even the worst game. <laughs> I don't know I what that to... is, oh, no, but it sounds game. bad. It's just the fact I was that desperate. So yeah, but it was uh, it was made by it was made large semi internally by Nintendo along with the partner studio. It's got some really beautiful sprite animation. Oh, it's cute as hell. I love. Mm -hmm. I I did enjoy it. Just mm -hmm. not one. It's, it's a weird want. choice. It's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. Uh, I played a lot of garbage as a child. I I often didn't own these, but I would rent a game, and I said, and for the period of that rental, I needed to convince myself that I had not made a terrible mistake. <laughs> So there's a lot of things on that list that are just like, oh, well, this is bad, but for the sake of my sanity, for exactly three days, I need to pretend that this is good. Uh, and so, you know, that's where, that's when you uh, end up uh, convincing yourself that uh, the... Uh, that, I don't know, the, P the Super Nintendo game Super Ninja Boy was a good use of your time. God uh, damn you, Culture Brain. Eight eyes? <laughs> no. I did not have eight eyes. I tried, I, no, that was, that was my, re that was oh, my mental regret. Oh god. Yeah, that's a rough one. That was my sister's choice, though. Mm -hmm. My brother once selected Lester the Unlikely. I'll never let him forget it. Zim says the Mummy Returns for PS2 played through that several times using GameShark. Oh god! What a game. I think mine would have to be Lost Magic for the DS, because it was like the only RPG available for the thing for a bit. Yeah, there's a, the early PSP and DS. Both both platforms became very good for RPGs, but the first year for both oh, of them god. is fucking dire. Like, on the PSP, it's like Blade Dancer, Lineage of Light, and on the DS, it's Lost Magic and shit like that. Yeah, there was, like, some early Idea Factory shit on PSP, I think. Uh, I have Blade Dancer, Lineage of Light. Like... Oh, uh, oh, god, uh, Dragoneer's Aria? I yeah, that oh, Jesus. Uh, what the hell was that? Terrible series that I reviewed one of. Valhalla oh. Nights. Yes. God damn it! How'd you know, how'd you know what the hell I was talking about so quick? <laughs> what the because fuck? one, I was thinking of it, and two, I remember you forcing yourself through one of them. I I don't think bad. I own any of the Valhalla Night ones. I I managed to say these look really ugly. I am not interested. Not good. Uh, not good. good work. Good work. <laughs> But I do have, oh, what's the one, uh, something code, DS, Avalon code, I believe? There is a game called Avalon code. Yes, I own that one. What a choice. 
let's see. I had some had some Game Boy games as a child that was just like, well, this isn't very good, but I can play it on a car ride, and it's what I happen to have with me. So it's now the most entertaining thing in my life. What's that? So I had a stack of those. I, ha- I have of... one very specific game. Hmm? Final it's Fantasy all... Legends 2. <laughs> oh. Fuck you, you are banned from the podcast. That's um, an amazing game. No, I'm being serious. That became that game. It's like, I can play this on a car ride. Oh, oh that's I, okay. I, You're not saying it's yeah, bad. I, okay. Because it's yeah. like one of the... I, like, I had Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2. I did not have a big Game Boy collection. So, mm-hmm. like, the only thing for Game Boy that ended up, like, constantly played was Final Fantasy Legends 2 until I managed to track down and buy, like, the rest of them and several other games. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. another one yeah. of those I had was uh, Gargoyle's Quest, which I think I was... That one too, yes. ...had mixed okay, feelings well. about at the time, but eventually grew to appreciate it a lot because yeah. it's very good. Uh, back when I first had it, when I first got the Game Boy, we had a little... It had a, like a place called Farmore nearby. It was a drugstore that had a rental area, and never, the only games available for, then, for Game Boy were Legend Two, Commando, Legend Three, Blaster Master, Master, and like the Gargoyle game. Castlevania Two. So, oh, okay. Ugh, <laughs> Castlevania Two. Just when I went to college with only a Super Nintendo and Seven Saga. <laughs> wow. Kind of at least addressed it by its 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 fallen given name of Elnard. No, I cannot. <laughs> that game probably would have been better. It would have because it wouldn't have had the fuck balance. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the English version had a really messed up, rebalanced version, didn't it? Yeah, they completely broke the difficulty curve. The game's impossible. I did. I beat it multiple times because I mean. Yeah, it's not literally impossible, it's just mind-bogglingly hard. And I think the answer was that they thought that the Japanese version was too easy and they didn't want people completing it too quickly. Yeah, that was a mindset that I'm glad has died. Yeah, very much so. Localization team. <laughs> yeah, it's, or, or there's two mindsets that I've kind of... It's too easy. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like, Japanese version's too easy, we'll make the English one harder. Or, oh, the Japanese version is too hard, so we'll make the English one easier. They both have happened. They they would both happen. Sometimes they would come from the same company. Who could that be? No, one of the ones I like is when they end up doing both. Oh, no. So, interestingly enough, this is Valkyrie Profile. So, Valkyrie oh, Profile, Valkyrie Profile US has an item sort command, which makes the game infinitely easier to sort your items. Obviously, mm-hmm. but there is a particular boss in the game who, after a certain health point of health is taken away from him, he will sit there and constantly spam Ultimate Magic, which. Ultimate Magic in Valkyrie Profile has like a full CG cutscene and hits all your party members for mega damage. Uh-huh. The, the Japanese version of the game, uh-huh. it was bugged where um, he could not cast Ultimate Magic at all in the fight. Oh. They fixed it. <laughs> no, they didn't fix it. They, they broke it, but they also they fixed it that he could cast it, but they broke it in the fact that he will cast it every single turn. That's like fixing something. <laughs> so, but 
the Japanese version doesn't have an item sort command. So it's also it's got like... some other uh, difficulty changes too. It's very strange. Yeah, so it's like, yes, it's easier and harder at the same time. They've never once re-released the uh, U.S. version unadulterated. They've only released the English uh, la layered over top the Japanese version. That's what the Linux versions are. There we go. Stream goal accomplished. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll hit one more question for the for the for the nerds with uh, children here. Uh, there, there's some TMNT questions that I've set aside for later. Uh, but says, speaking of TMNT, would you ever do the cruel thing and let your child suffer through the third film? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Why? Why? Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> why? I'm missing the question. This is coming close to like generational abuse here. David, what so, was the question? Speaking of TMNT, would you ever do the cruel thing and let your child suffer through the third film? Oh, okay. I just watched Indiana Jones 4 two nights ago. That's still not as bad. Hot take. That's a fun movie. God, it was fine. It's fine. It is fine. It's fine. Just, third movie? just remove, the just remove the, the monkey swing scene from your brain, and it's fine. <laughs> what, what, which, the, Indiana what, which Jones one? and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, I, honestly, I got so... Freaked out after the first one. I never watched any of the rest. I was also third five. Great. I was also five. First and third ones are great. Yeah. Also, the third one had this really we nice. We did a whole. TV we did a whole watch of the entire series in like a week. Uh, the second one. <laughs> the second one is is there. Yeah. My God, that was a lot weirder than I remember. It was also on a completely different continent than I remember. It's not. I was like, oh yeah, they were eating great. monkey brains in South America. Nope. Yeah, there's uh, there's some problematic elements of that film. Um, there's many, <laughs> many, many problematic elements of that film. Uh, but yeah. The answer is uh, yes. I would watch that movie with my kids. You you would watch Teen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three with your children. Yes, no, see, that's the one I'm asking you about. Which one? Turtles and turtles and time. That's the time travel one. Yes. They go back to Japan, ancient Japan, and it sucks. Yeah, no, I'd <laughs> it's very boring. Honestly, the second my kids one. even will care. The second one is also god awful, but it is extremely entertaining. It has Kevin Nash. Go ninja, Nash. go ninja, go. Yes. Go ninja, go ninja, go. It's a terrible, terrible movie that I enjoy watching immensely. Because of your immense Kevin Nash fandom. Sure. <laughs> Classic Diesel fan. Choo choo. No, he just wants to see, uh, you know, <sighs> Vanilla Ice up there rapping. Listen, I, I, it, it's, it's this a is good not tune, even the man. first time someone tune. has done the ninja rap. It's not even the first time someone has done the ninja rap within the context of this of this episode of this podcast. We must stop. <laughs> okay, uh, we've hit our New Year's resolution of hitting at least a few questions off of the big list. Uh, oh, hold on. Speaking of Ninja Turtles, has, any, has everyone seen the trailer for the new one? I have. It looks fun. Yeah. Check it out. There's mutants. There's mayhem. It involves Seth Rogen in some respect. He's like producer or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks fun. 
And also, anyone who wrote it off should go back and watch the most recent cartoon and its Netflix movie. Never Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. It's a shame that got cut off so early. Yeah, it's fun. They uh, switched it up a bit, and it's a different take. It's very they good. Like tacos instead of pizza. No, they made like Raph the leader, and it's got a little bit more comedy elements to it, but. They have more distinctive designs. They're all yeah. different species of turtle now. Yes, that's the cool. Ooh. That's the cool part about it. Like Raph's like a snapping a turtle. turtle? Raph, oh, yes. You just spent a lot of time at the park today feeding turtles. Nice. They really enjoyed grapes and uh, cucumber. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's any TMNT cartoon that's a total write-off yet. So. No, they're all good. Uh, um, I mean, the original's very, very dated, but it's yeah. still got its fun to it. It's got its moments. It's got yeah. its elements. The other ones are fun. I mean, it's, it's an 80s Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Mm. The the 3D animated one from, uh, I forget what year it started. 2012. It's, 2012 is still the best, in my opinion. It kind of melds in a lot of elements of the previous two, even has some of the... I mean, it's got it's got one of the original voice actors doing a different turtle, voicing a different turtle. Yeah. <laughs> the O three, uh, the O three one, uh, looped in a lot of the storylines from the comics in yeah. a surprising fashion. It also has the extremely fucked up episode where Baxter Stockman clones the body, and it just starts decomposing while he's while his brain is in it as his mind slowly goes along with it. Yeah, that's gross. He also like gets <laughs> gets an eye taken out for failing to shredder or something. It's extremely fucked up. It's yeah. weird that they did that. <laughs> it's kind of fucked. Uh, I I loved. I, I read like an. Uh, a comment by like a one of the people who worked on that episode who was just like, "Yeah, I fully understand why they didn't dare that episode." <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad that we made it, but I fully understand their choice not to air it. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps us up for the night. It's getting a little late. Uh, I think some combination of Wheels and Platy are about to go to sleep anyway. So. Also, we all started playing Destiny, which will inevitably put me to sleep. Oh, so. that's the end of that. Uh, so let's uh, quickly end that <laughs> let's quickly wrap things up. Uh, first, by talking of princesses and potential new installments coming shortly. <laughs> oh yeah, I need to actually get that finished, ready to go, like this weekend. Hey. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, available on Kindle Maybe. and Gaijin Kindle Sword? Unlimited. Yep. Um, currently, currently, ten episodes, two short stories, and a paralogue. And as of uh, hopefully Love a few negotiations days, three side stories. Hold on a second. Can Platy not hear Gaijin? Yeah, Platy, you can't hear Gaijin. He's talking. Oh, sorry. That's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I was okay. That explains some of the conversations. Previously. Yes, yeah, that explains. I was wondering why you were being rude earlier. <laughs> Sorry, it's all good. Technology is failing us. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when he finishes talking. Mm-hmm. Tell us about uh, princesses, though. 
Okay, here we go again. So, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited with ten episodes, two um, side stories, soon to be three, and a paralogue um, totaling, I am not sure how many pages of tabletop role-playing craziness. Um, I should probably tabulate that at some point. It's a lot. Um, uh, but, yeah, so if you enjoy tabletop RPGs, if you enjoy reading about them, if you enjoy watching other people play them, and this is an entire thing on YouTube, we know, um, and if you don't mind doing this all in Dead Tree format, or ebook, I guess, um, then please check out Princesses of the Pizza Parlor uh, by Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Excellent. Uh, and Gaijin has finished talking, so you don't have to worry about talking over it, buddy. <laughs> Tell us right, what Gaijin. you've been up to. <laughs> well, I'm always busy on RP Gamer, either doing a review or more often, and those infrequent games that I review. Uh, every other week, I'm with Kelly Ryan and Often Wheels or David or half a dozen other staff members uh, doing RPG Backtrack. So. This is the uh, weekly Q&A, as Kelly would say. We got the weekly news show, RPG Cast, and your bi-weekly nostalgia show. So to listen to RPG Backtrack. And you could probably be paying attention to what uh, episode I'm scheduled for next, so they're not blindsided. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's Monster Hunter Month. I'm free until the end of May. I just get to show up and uh, crack jokes for a while <laughs> and yeah. be playing Cold Seal 3. Okay, nice, I, I don't even know what my schedule is going to be like until um, next two weeks, two weeks from also, now. Also, you can hear me on the Slime Time series of podcasts. We've got Slime Time, Slime Time Side Quest. Um, got some people that love talking about Die. We've got Tactfully Die episodes. So wherever you find podcasts, wherever you'll probably listen to this podcast on, if you're not just listening to it on Wheels's Twitch, then you can probably look up Slime Time, get some Dragon Quest or... On our side quest stuff, we talk about everything. Um, the Can't other day, believe you've never invited us. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, the side quest? Uh, just, just in general, we've never, we've never been allowed into slime time. Insufficiently slimy, I suppose. You're a Dragon Lord. Quest scrubs. Wow, harsh. We did it. We did invite you. Like two did years ago. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. We did the we did the crossover episode. Oh yeah, it was the crossover. Forgot episode. about that. Also a Q and A question. Yes, that was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. I forgot that that was also a slime time episode. <laughs> yep, we did it. Uh, edit it both ways or whatever. So, yeah, we've uh, you can hear me all around. Either one. I of feel those. less slighted now. <laughs> or you know, maybe you'll read my Octopath Traveler two review and notice yeah. it was me. Yes, yes, please. When reading reviews on RP Gamer, make note of the author. Yes. You go, so you, you can appreciate them when you enjoy <laughs> said review. Go to Metacritic, check out Octopath Traveler 2, and as you start to scroll down, I'm the number one review there. Nice. Ooh. There were a few of us that gave it 100. I don't know how, it, how the metrics did it. Probably because I was the latest one to do it. It, it, it was true at least time. in one moment in time. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tam, what's the schedule on the RP Gamer Twitch? 
Well, my schedule is uh, I am off this week and next week due to daylight saving shenanigans. Ugh. <laughs> Not so, to be confused with Man Wheel shenanigans. We don't talk yeah, about yeah, Bruno. Not to be confused with the channel, uh, with the Ass Wheel shenanigans. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, I go back to back with Hair Frog on Tuesday, Thursdays, usually, where uh, I finish up, and about uh, 15, 20 minutes later, he'll start uh, because he is in the Netherlands. They're still. Um, they haven't hit daylight savings for another two weeks. <laughs> So, now you get a vacation. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I'm, I, so, um, and since he, he, uh, his kid, you know, watches his streams for a little bit of time, uh, before going to bed, uh, I was like, you know what, I can take a two week vacation, you know, two weeks off, and you know, you can have, you know, so, uh, part of the slot, so, hmm. no big deal there, but uh, usually you can catch me Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, in the AM, uh. 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but uh, we have streamers, you know, usually seven days a week, so all different hours, all different times, all different mm -hmm. RPGs. So always, always, always a lot of content. Um, we even some have uh, some stuff uh, stored to go back and watch. Uh, I've been playing Relayer, which I have been uh, heavily thinking of making my first review for the site. Mm. Only because no one else seems to play it. Someone slacker. Oh, come on. What's, what's a relayer? It no, is, that's what the review is for. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Tammy. It is Remember an alien race that it's an alien race that controls gravity and wants to destroy the universe. Ooh, tell me more. It's an SRPG. <gasps> All right, now you're talking my language. Even yeah, like, Fireman is like Relayer is good, but even among Mecha fans, no one talked about it. It's like, and it's a, it's, it's not, it's. I would say it's like a three point five game. It's not great. It's not perfect, but it's, it's good. It's enjoyable. I mean, I play Neptunia <laughs> games, so you know that's not a deterrent. Well, I play Neptunia games. Yes. And those are also three point five games that they're on their good days. Yes. <laughs> oh wow, wow. Yeah, good. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Neptunia is like 10 out of 10, 10 out of 5 all the time. 10 out of 100 right there. Yep. Yeah. It's a 10 all, all the Neptunia all the time. All hail our Nep Nep Overlord. Okay, well, I'm going to just ignore essentially everything you said for the past kind of like Nep Gear better um, than Neptune. No, Hot no, take. no I'm, I'm officially barring this conversation from happening during the Listen, I, I'm a portable yeah. gamer, so I appreciate the portable game jokes more. That's no, all. we are okay. not. We are not. I'm not letting you sit here and <sighs> talk about fucking Neptune. This has Neptune. been, yeah. yeah, been so, hyperdimension talk. So you can always catch us at uh, twitch.tv slash rpgamer if, if, for more information. Give us a follow. You'll catch us when we go live because that's the easiest way to know our schedule is when we go live because there's just you never know who's going to pop on when. If we're on, we're on. Pretty much. <laughs> Give it a follow. You'll find out that it's on, it's on much more often than you might think. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh... As for us, you can catch uh, Q&A Quest every Wednesday, eh, floating around midnight Eastern, uh, 9 Pacific. Uh, if you are interested in that, we also do a uh, show 
at the same time every Sunday uh, called Shenanigans. We just sort of play things. Wheels had to listen in stark horror as I explained the uh, functions of many JoJo characters in the most recent episode. Oh, God. Listen, someone has to sit there and explain to you how the fuck Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap works. Someone and don't has, even. I, someone I has to explain even... to me why an evil Chihuahua is murdering me. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I didn't even get to the point where I started trying to explain how King Crimson works. So you know, you you got off easy. Uh, now, is so, there yeah. has there been a character named after Green Day yet? That's what I want to know. Have yeah. We... Nice. I'm trying to remember what Green Day was, but I'm almost certain it's in there. Yeah, Green Yeah, Green Day was in part five, yeah. Whatever, we'll get out, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh if you want to ask us questions like dear friends uh Zim Fireminer Doomerang did tonight, uh you can ask them either in the chat like uh you, you can ask them in the chat uh, if you catch us at twitch.tv slash askwheels uh, while we're recording, or you can ask in the podcast section of the uh, podcast section of the Discord, like Fireminer and Doomerang did. Or, uh, I don't know, you could put them in the comments section. I realized right now I forgot to check the comments section. I will double check it next week, but... Uh, I think Shaman we actually had something in the previous comment section. Wait, what? Fuck! Um, for 298. Okay, uh, then I will make a note that we answer that in the next episode. I'm sorry. Uh, you can ask us in the comment section. We also check there, usually. Uh, it was a hectic night. Um, oh, yeah, from Shaman. Sorry, Shaman. We'll get to you. Uh... But yeah, um, but you can ask us questions in those places. Uh, yeah, we're we're old and we're we're like late thirties, early forties. We're old and forgetful. I'm thirty or forty years old, and I do not need this. Um, but yeah, uh, so you can ask us questions in any of those fashions, and we will get back to you. Here's to oh god I I don't want to say it but here's to another 300 episodes. Uh, <laughs> see you, space cowboys. Yes, thank you again, everyone that stuck with us. We appreciate all of I'm you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>